I go against Cobra, the enemy, fighting to save the day. He never gives up, he's always there, fighting for freedom over land and air. G.I. Welcome to the Star Joe's Podcast, Episode 6, Complaining About Your Coleslaw. I'm your host, Ryan. I'm Chuck. And uh, Chuck, actually, for once, we haven't taken a whole month to get together and record. I know, it's been nice. So uh, I've we... been getting out of the house. Yes. <laughs> Which is always good for me. Absolutely. So we can actually... Uh, not have as many issues to get through. That's true. So, uh, which, is, which leaves room for other things. More banter. Yes. More banter. More toy reviews. Toy reviews. Toy reviews have come back. Man. Yes. And yeah. We, some website changes we want to go over with yeah, you guys. We too. came. We came back with a vengeance on the toy reviews too. Yeah, buddy. We got a few of them to do. I know. Um, yeah. Some updates with the website to go over. But uh, other than that, what have you been up to since the last time? Uh, let's see. What have I been up to? What have I not been up to? Went to go see Iron Man 2. We discussed that in the last right. episode. That was good. I like that. Working. Uh, they passed out uh, reviews and uh, salary increases, which was nice. Yes, I got Long that. Long overdue. I got that as well. So did I. That was good news. We picked up a new washing machine. Okay. A freebie from my in-laws. Nice. Yeah. Always good when you get a freebie. Yeah. Well, it wasn't brand new. No. They well, actually uh, were selling a house, and the, the old one they didn't include, which was only a couple years old, with the house when they sold it. So they said, if you guys need one, I know yours is kind of, you know, dying on its last leg. You can just take this one. Right. But you got to come get it. So that was cool. Yeah. So we went, we went and got that. So that was nice. Very nice. Let's see. Well, we had May the 4th, which was Star yeah. Wars Day. May the 4th be with you. May the 4th be with you. We also had Free Comic Book Day happen. Yeah. Mother's Day. Mother's Day. A lot of, lot of shit happened. Yeah. Uh, free Comic Book Day. I did take advantage of that and go down and get some comics. Yep. Got quite a few. I'm just going to rattle off a few things that were out there that I picked up that I liked. Fraggle Rock from Arkea. Yeah, now which, these are all free, by the way. These were all free. There, There is a number one issue out right now for Fraggle Rock, which has Katie Cook, which if you've gone to our website, you'll see some artwork from her. Right. She was at Super Show. Yeah. But she also did uh, the maze that's inside the front cover of the yeah. Fraggle Rock free comic book day. That's more for kids. Absolutely. The Green Hornet, which is actually done by Kevin Smith. Yes, and then we have uh, Storm Lion. Not a fan of the Green Hornet. Going to throw it out there. Yeah, I'm not really either, but I thought I'd check it out for free comic. Sure, it doesn't hurt. It's free. Uh, there's this uh, comic here called Storm Lion, which is, feel that for a free comic book day. It's pretty hefty. Yeah, nice, it's thick. like a full, full-size issue. Though. Art's pretty nice. It kind of looked a little bit spacey, space-type stuff. Yeah, so yeah. I thought it was worth checking out. kind of looks a little spacey, like you said, Transformer-ish, Final Fantasy-ish. Right. So uh, I thought, hey, I'll check that out. Uh, the Tick... Yeah, hey, I don't know if you remember, I don't sure. know if you remember the tick, but I, uh, remember him. Yeah. I used to love the tick. So pick yeah. that up. I got uh, that pain in the ass. <laughs> no, <I'm> just... <laughs> uh, Bongo Comics. Oh, Simpsons. Yeah. Simpsons. Yeah. Uh, There's actually a Star Wars reference in this. Did you get it? Did you read it? I haven't read it yet. So I'll show it to you. Okay. Go ahead. Good. So, anyways, they had uh, Sonic the Hedgehog. Love Sonic. Gotta love Sonic. If you love the video game. You're gonna love Sonic. Then we had uh, for fans of Mark Wade, there was uh, Irredeemable. And on the flip side was Incorruptible. I'm sure there's a bunch of those guys out there. Yeah. <laughs> then we have uh, Dr. Solar and Magnus making a comeback. The, those are some characters were gone for a while from comics. Uh, the Sixth Gun from Oni Press. Mm-hmm. It's kind of good looking. So I picked that up. Figured I'd check it out. I haven't read a lot of these yet. Yeah. Uh, Ron Mars. Do you know who Ron Mars is? Uh, the maker of the Mars candy bar? No. <laughs> no. He actually was the creator of Kyle Rayner, uh, Green Lantern. Green Lantern, yeah. So he did, uh, on Free Comic Day, he had uh, Artifacts, it's okay. called. So I figured I'd check that out. That's got, like, Witchblade and all that in it. Sure. Hey, 
I got an issue with Switchblade for free. Oh, yeah? yeah. Okay, very nice. Then uh, Radical, I don't know, kind of looked creepy, so I figured I'd pick that up. Yeah, it's got a nice little car on the front of it yeah. there. Pretty sweet. Looks like a, looks like a hearse, actually. Yeah. All right, cool. I like the art. art I haven't read it yet, but, you know. Fractured Fables, kind of freaky fable type yeah. of story. Hey, Mermaid with no top on the cover. There you go. That's why you picked it up, you horn Absolutely. Out. Well, here's here's really one. Fearless Dawn. Fearless Dawn, and she's semi-nude. Half-naked chick on the cover. I may need to borrow this. Uh, the Stuff of Legend. It looked like it was related to Alice in Wonderland somehow, so I picked it up. Yeah, kind of not my yeah. cup of tea. By IDW was Action and Adventure, Secret Agent Corrigan, X9. Yeah. So I figured I'd check that out. Sure. And then, it's kind of like a Dick Tracy thing in there, too. So Yeah. And then this was just creepy looking. It was Delray Showcase, uh, Pride and Prejudice and Zombies, the graphic novel. Well, there was a free yeah, comic book day. Yeah, that's pretty fucked up on the cover <laughs> yeah, there. It's very fucked up looking. Yeah. So, uh, so those are some of the things I picked up. I, I picked up that. some other kid stuff that uh, I thought would be good. Here's to the give uh, Star Wars nephews. reference in the Simpsons one. Uh, Bart Simpson actually has uh, Skinner, the principal, dressed as Slave Leia. Oh, nice. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. So I know it's not the real cool-looking Slave Leia you want to see, but right. it is a Star Wars reference, and I thought I'd throw that out there. Yeah, absolutely. But I did pick up uh, some other kitty, more, even more kitty than Sonic. Yeah, and you got uh, <laughs> the I, uh, Toy Story for me, which was cool. Yeah. Love that. And I got that for Kids my love that. nieces and nephews also. Uh, Madagascar, the Penguins, and Shrek. Yeah. He loved that one. Now, I do have one... G.I. Joe, 155 and a half. Right. One thing I want... Which was the best free comic book oh, out there. awesome. And then War of the Superman number zero was really good. G.I. Joe, 151 and a half. 155 <laughs> and a half, yeah. That's great. Um, so I haven't read that one yet. What? the Superman. Oh, I thought no. I was going to say, you read 155 and a half. Yes, of course, okay. yeah. <laughs> um, what I was going to say... Trying to stop me. I wanted to mention the, the three comic shops I went to. Okay. Because I want to grade them. Ooh, free plugs. It might not be. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. So the first comic shop I went to was... And these are the local ones in, these our, are local, in Ohio. Yeah. So yeah. if you're in a suburb of Cleveland, Ohio, yeah, these are where these are located. Yeah. So if you're somewhere else, don't know these, don't feel bad. Yeah. But we have uh, York Comics. Yes. Is the first place I went to. And they had... And it's com- Y-O-R-K, York. Yeah. And it's on York Road. Like the Peppermint Patty. They had a cosplayer as Spider-Man. Yes. They had... I'm trying to remember the writer. They had a, uh, one of the... Uh, Famous writer of Marvel from the 70s. Yeah, I was actually there, too. Tony Isabella. Tony Isabella, yeah. That's who it was. Tony Isabella they had there, so I got to talk with him for a while. So that was really cool. And they Was had... he cool or was he a DB? No, he was awesome. All right, cool. He was good. All right. So, and actually, the interesting thing is I ran into one of my wife's ex-co-workers up there, and he came back just to meet Tony, because he actually knew Tony when Tony owned his own comic shop. Okay. So he introduced me to Tony. Cool. And we got to talk for a while. All right. So that was really cool. Unfortunately, I didn't have anything from the sign because yeah. he did mostly like seventies and eighties stuff, and I didn't have a whole lot of that. Right. Let alone something he did, but he did a lot of stuff. I'm from... sure he was selling his own merchandise. Yeah, but I didn't want to buy it. Right. Work. So, anyways, I buy enough We're um, for the free stuff that day. <laughs> but the cool thing about York Comics is they had tables lined up. Oh yeah. And they had you could take one of every single comic. Right. That was they there. had two tables there, guys. Yeah. They even had when they ran out of issues because when that time I ended up going there, they ran out of certain issues like GI Joe one fifty five and a half. And other issues that you got earlier that day right. from camping out overnight. So they ran out of those. I, I didn't camp. <laughs> I did not camp out overnight. All right, whatever. So they ran out of certain I just, titles. I got there when they opened, which was 10 o'clock. So, and I told you when they opened. Whatever. <laughs> so the guy ended up who owns the place, he ended up throwing out some of the, uh, I guess, the spotlight issues that are a dollar. Yeah. Which describes certain story arcs and like whatever. Hulk like Hulk number one and Punisher Max number one. Civil War. And yeah. they had a, a story for that. And he had like the Thor 
story yeah. that first one would. And he also had some. He also had some past free comic book day Star issues. Wars ones. Yeah, yeah. I, I picked up a lot of those that were there. And that was cool. Was and the thing was, it wasn't for his lack of trying to make yeah. sure he had which blade spawn. It's just so many people came and took advantage yeah. of his generosity. He had he had two stacks when I was there. He had two stacks, tall stacks of GI Joe one fifty five and a half. Yeah, they were gone. I was there about noon. Yeah. And From like, 10.30 to noon, they were gone. And again, he only let people take one of each. Right. So it wasn't like somebody came in and took the entire stack. Right. Um, like we wanted to. Right. <laughs> but uh, I know I know the guy. I've gone there and shopped there before. He's known me. Um, but yeah, he lets you take one of everything. Yeah, he's a really cool guy. And they, they sell comic books, you know, new ones. They sell vintage comic books. Straight paperbacks. Statues. Statues, action, action figure. figures. He's got a really cool sweet shop yeah. going on there. Um, so that was the best one. Next place you went to. Next place I went to was Larry's, which is B&L Comics. B&L Comics. On Pearl Road. Pearl Road. Now, in the past, I've gone there, and again, he lets you take one of everything. Right. Well, this time he says, I said, well, how many, somebody asked how many can you take, and he goes, oh, you can have a few. Well, then I go up there, because he was my only comic shop I always went to. He was your I, supplier. But I cut ties with him. He was him. your dealer. He, I cut ties with him when I joined DCBS. Right. But I still would pop in there every once in a while and still buy an issue here and there. And this is only the last few months. I've been going to him for 10 years. So I thought, I'm going to go up there and he's going to tell me I can take all of them that there are. Well, he didn't have as much of a selection as your comics did. Like I said, your comics had everything. So yeah. They had the platinum version. Right. I think Larry had the gold version because he had like a 16 issues or something like that. He says, yeah, you could take like four or five or a few. I think if I had pushed him on it, because he's kind of a, a wimp when it comes to negotiating, yeah, yeah. I think he would let me take everything, but I didn't really want to push too hard. So I ended up walking out with, I think, five or six issues. Sure. Then I went to North Coast Nostalgia. Which is on the same road. It's, it's on Pro Road also. Pro Road, yeah. And Now, that these were my comic book people of choice, my suppliers. And right. And I'm sorry to hear that because they yeah. were the biggest pricks in the world. Yeah. You could only take one issue. Hmm. And then when we finally got up there, you they said, well, you could take a couple. Right. And I was like, well, I'm buying something also because they actually had an issue of Dark Tower that I had missed. So I picked that up. I said, well, I'm buying something too. Can I get like a third one because I'm buying something? No. Nice. I was like, you fucker. Yeah, and I know the lady who runs the place. So if I maybe would have went there and pushed it that... uh Maybe I could have got She's something. She's nice. She's a nice lady. She, like well, her. here's yeah. the thing. She knows me, too. Yeah. So she wouldn't have given you shit. Us being who we are, we do drop a lot of money in these establishments. Yeah. Well, and time. here's the thing. Don't tell our wives. <laughs> your comics, I would go to a lot of times for action figures. Right. Larry's, I went for my regular comic books. And North Coast, I would go to for trade paperbacks. Right. Because they had awesome trade paperback selection. So I had each store with their own specialty that I went to. Yeah. And they all knew me. Yeah. So the fact that one of them finally said to me, no, you can only take two just like everybody else. I'm like, well, I'm also buying something. Because they could have played that off and said, well, he is buying something, so we're letting him take another one. That's a good way to get more people to buy shit in your store. Is say, you can take two, but if you buy something, you can take three or four. Yeah, and I don't get the whole deal. And I understand you don't want to run out because you want to be busy all day and have people come in your traffic right. and foot traffic. Because if you run out of comics in the first two hours by, you know, Jackass has just taken everything. Right. Then you have no traffic. You come in, people come in for free comic book day. They're disappointed you don't have anything, so they leave. Yeah, and my lack of knowledge, I think it might be because I think they do actually have to pay a certain premium for certain levels of what comics they're going to receive. Maybe I don't. So know. like I think I think York is like a platinum level, and I think there's like gold level and then like silver level. 
I'd say North Coast probably had the silver level because they had like eight comics there, and that was about it. Okay. Eight or nine comics, and yeah. that was all. So if you guys got a good deal on free comic book day and you're able to take advantage of it and get some free comics, you know, go to the forums and post which ones you like and which ones you read and which ones are cool. And yeah. We'll, we'll talk about it. Absolutely. All right, so uh, that's all we've been up to. Yeah, uh, that's pretty <laughs> much it. Yeah, any questions going on right now? Uh, yeah, so let's get into our uh, Jedi Holocron segment. Here we go. Jedi Okay, so yeah, Chuck, we did actually have a few questions, not too many. Okay, which but, is good. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, but we did have a few. Uh, Warp Speed said, uh, just a quick a quick one, what do you guys use to record and what kind of setup do you have? Right. Now the setup actually, I replied back because it was pretty easy. I just directed them back to our original website. Under your tab, there it says uh, Studio Renovations. Right. And it gives you photos of inside what the studio looks like. It's basically a spare room in your house. Yeah. It's a guest room. That's all it is, yeah. And so we're in a guest room. So there's I'm, photos there if you guys want to take a look. Yeah. And, you know, we're not in them. It's just the room itself. Right. I'm actually going to have updated photos because, as you see, Chuck, I cleaned up the room. It is a lot roomier in here. <laughs> last, last time we recorded, we had a three-man booth here because we yeah. had a, a special guest in. And it was a little cramped, a little tight. A lot yeah. more room to spread out now. Yeah. With the, so I picked up. I did. Yeah. Threw a comic on the floor. Yeah, I'll yeah. grab that. <laughs> so, uh, so I did clean up. So I do have new pictures showing the room at least cleaned up now. Sweet. So that'll be good. It's only been since December. Yeah, you know. Well, I had to wait till spring. Do spring cleaning. Spring cleaning. Okay. Right. I'll give you that. So, uh, but I am going to be working on turning this into the man cave that I right. want it to be. And my wife's actually been very supportive about that. Yeah. Yeah. There's some new paint schemes in the works, and right. some new maybe furniture, if not. Absolutely. So, uh, so that's kind of the setup of the room. Yeah. Now, what we're working on off of and what we have as far as equipment wise i have a compact netbook computer so it's a little 15 inch screen computer and using it solely almost solely for podcasting so that's why i don't mind having a little computer for it because that's all i use it for i do have an external mouse that i use i do have a scanner yes so when we have to scan images i can do that however i also have my wife's computer where i use for photoshop when i have to shrink down an image that that's a mac that's a Mac, right. yes. And, and we do uh, use a microphone here. Yeah. It's a Samson. Samson is called a Go Mic, and it's actually made for podcasting and recording and sure. everything. Uh, my wife got that for me. I also have an external CD-ROM, CD-ROM yeah. uh, and DVD player, which my sister got for me for Christmas. So that's our uh, hardware yeah, setup. And, and the kegerator in the corner. No, no kegerator. That's what I'm hoping for when I come back. I know. Okay. I have bad news for you. Aww. Uh, <laughs> The kibosh on the kegerator. Yes. So, so it's actually a pretty small operation when it yeah, comes to that. Yeah, it's, it's a pretty much a two-man booth. Um, <laughs> getting a little closer, Chuck. Hey, uh, <laughs> we got room to maneuver. Um, but as far as like software, I use Audacity, mm-hmm. uh, which is free. Yeah. And it's very user-friendly. Allows you to make yeah. a lot of mistakes. Yeah. Uh, and we do. You, yeah, we do. It allows you to do a lot of layering, which yeah. is how we do the music. The music, yeah. Because you guys don't know this, but... For each segment and for the music at the beginning and all that type of stuff, we don't hear that while we're doing this recording. I add all that later. We pay a robot to come in and talk. Well, we do have the robot. We do have the robot. He does come in and do the the bumpers yes. for us and everything else. But other than that, yeah. He's a friend of R2. He is. Yeah. He's a close friend. 3 is a little jealous, actually. But, yeah. You know. I think but we're college roommates or something. We'll get him in sometime for an interview. Sure. So so anyways, that's uh, we use, so we use Audacity and then... What that allows me to do is allows me to then export it to a WAV file, yeah. and then from the I take the WAV file and I run it through a program called Levelator, and Levelator is um, 
<laughs> what are you writing? <laughs> is that the name of the robot? Oh, yeah. O- OU812? Yeah. He's R2D2? Yeah. Our robot's name is OU812. Yeah. He's a big Van Halen fan. Yes, he is. Yes, so. So, anyways. <laughs> anyways, I used the Levelator program, which is also free. Right. We're big on the free stuff. It's good. So Podcasting on a budget, people. You get to run the, the wave file through the Levelator. It kind of balances out the sound and everything else. We're not too high. We're not too low. It makes it right. sound crisp and clear. Right. Then, after that runs through that, then I run it through iTunes to change it to an actual MP3, add some artwork to it. So that's yeah. why you see the actual Star Joe's logo when you put it on your iPod yeah. and everything else. And so. the, the music that we put on the beginning or at the end or the PSAs, which we kind of got away from that for a while. Um, oh, we're going to have a PSA at the end of this one. Sweet. And probably the end of the That's just one. stuff that you do yourself, and you, you load yeah. that up through... Uh, I just play a DVD. Yeah, a I DVD. The, or, I have the DVDs and... Or and just music that you have stereo. randomly. Yep. Yeah. And I use the microphone now, so this sure. way it picks it up well, instead of just using the laptop yeah. one. So um, so that's really it. It's, yeah. it's no big secret. No. I don't have... Cats out of the bag. Yeah. We don't have elfin magic going on. Yeah, we should. Yeah. We need a hollow well, of cookies. Here, here is the one ingredient that not everyone has when they do their podcast. We're... Actually entertaining. Yes. And we put a lot of love into the podcast. Love. It's made with love. <laughs> like your mama's spaghetti. That's love. right. No, but we actually we actually do care about what we're doing. Yeah. When we do this. Yeah, so. and I think it comes across. Yeah. And we take things... I mean, like we said, the last ep- the episode five, we steal a lot of shit. So True. Not only do we steal ideas, but we steal how what we like hearing from other people. Yeah. So we want to sound... Like, I'd say it's more flattery. Yeah. In- well, it's stealing. Okay. Uh, <laughs> but Imitation is a sincerest form of flattery. Absolutely. And but yeah, we rip people off. Yeah. <laughs> and basically... And if we can't get an idea, we'll bribe our listeners with contests to right. give us one. Right, exactly. So, but what, Keep basic- those contest ideas coming, guys. <laughs> basically, the idea is that we, we take the sounds of things we like hearing and try to incorporate it into our show. True. And it's been working so far. Yeah, and uh, so. really no complaints so far. No, I haven't so, heard So that's any. good. So next question. Next question was from Manticore. All right, my spelling correcting buddy. Yes, you I, guys I, are driving me insane with this. I shit. love that Manticore <laughs> has jumped on the bandwagon of driving you crazy. Yeah. Um, Every time I misspell something on the forums, you guys make sure to point it out. to if me. If you listen to DC Noise and commented on their podcast. You might actually win Manticore over, but since I'm kind of a regular poster on his forum... I'm going to have to get back and get over there. You're not much of a DC guy, though. I'm more of a Marvel guy, it's true. Yeah, so... Alright, so anyways, his was... Uh, oh, he was like, okay, guys, steel cage match. Two enter, one leaves. Ooh. Okay. Or we did death fight. Yep. So he has uh, C-3PO versus R2-D2. Ah. Uh, is he looking to start a brawl? Yeah, so it's a brawl. It's a brawl. With me and you. Oh, with me and you, probably. Because okay. he's, he's picked one. He's, he's like the banter. He's, pick, he's picked the actually, ones that we've disagreed yeah, on many Actually, times. <laughs> I do like the character C-3PO better. But if you were to have a fight where one robot would destroy another robot, I think R2-D2 would probably win. Oh, you'd destroy him. I, I'm agreeing with you. I know. Don't, don't go there. <laughs> <laughs> Simply because the fact that C-3PO is a protocol droid. Right. He's an interpreter. Right. He's not equipped for combat. He doesn't do combat. Whereas R2-D2... He's an astromech. He, he does battle. He's tougher in the space. He's got... You know, he's he knows how to take apart things and put them together. He's, you know, a perfect little co-pilot. Right. He does have that little shocking gizmo that Shocking gizmo out. and C-3PO's metal, so he'd fry his ass. And I'm not disagreeing with that. It and pains like, me to say it, but I believe if there's a cage match, two go in, one go out, 
R2-D2's R2-D2 just coming, coming out. out. Yeah. In fact, I don't even know if R2-D2 needs to go in the cage. I think he's such a wisecracker that, and smartass that he would close the cage behind C-3PO because C-3PO would trust him and R2 would be like, oh, you go first because C-3PO can understand him. And he'd go in, he'd close the cage, and then he'd just zap the whole cage. Okay. And C-3PO would be fried. You've really thought this shit out. Or, <laughs> or R2-D2 would use his rockets, fly up in the air, and he's a pretty heavy droid, and just land on C-3PO and crush him into a tin With a cage. body slam? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Yeah, probably. I'm not disagreeing with that one, one iota. I don't think C-3PO has it in him to uh, be vicious. His next one's going to be a little bit tougher for us, though. Uh, Flint versus Duke. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> now, two go in, one comes out. Right. We all know Duke's coming out. No. Now, Manicor, you're with me on this. Duke is coming out. No, he's Duke not. Duke has the training. He has more training than Flint does. Okay. I have more training in psychology. doesn't mean I'm a good psychologist. True that. Just like Flint is not a good fighter. Flint has the good experience. No. Flint actually took the training that he got and used it. Duke I believe is, Duke, Duke is the poster boy. Duke is such a friend of Snake Eyes that he probably knows some ninja skills and could just easily rub that off on the that actually, That argument actually works against you. Why is that? Because Duke and Snake Eyes both want Scarlet. So Snake Eyes would go behind oh, now, Duke's now back. Now you're mixing no, no, with wait. the comics. And wait, the wait, wait, no. Wait a second. So Snake Eyes would go behind Duke's back and teach Flint a few things. And but say, how would Flint ha-ha. know? Flint, Snake Eyes can't talk. He, could, he wouldn't say ha-ha he can, nothing. He can talk if he chooses to. Is he a mime? If he chooses to. No, he doesn't talk. He talks if he wants to. No, he can't. Why not? Because that's Marvel canon. He doesn't talk. But that's by choice, isn't it? No. It happened by accident? No, he was horribly disfigured in a helicopter crash. But, saving Scarlet. But That's in, why in the comic books he's I'm Scarlet. Going, I'm going by IDW standards. Oh. Well, then he took a bow of silence. <laughs> then in that one, I think he took a bow of silence. And that's where we're at this day, is we're in the IDW world. So. Okay, hey, whatever. Um, Marvel's making a comeback. So, <laughs> so Don't call it a comeback. Let's just, let's just put it this way. We're never going to agree on this one. No. We've had pages uh, of arguments on the forums. Duke would win. Flint would win. Flint's a poser. Duke's a poster boy. Whatever. Duke got taken out by a snake. Saving his like stepbrother, Lieutenant Falcon, in if a you movie. A, if you had a stepbrother like Lieutenant Falcon, would you? Oh, I, no, I would wouldn't. you say? But him? that's Duke, <laughs> six foot, hot look, all American man. That's a kiss reference. Wow, <laughs> that's a kiss reference. Know your music. I don't need you to kiss him too, dude. No, no, kiss the band. Oh, kiss Gene the band. Simmons. I don't want to kiss the band. No, <laughs> kiss the girl. I mean. What? Little Mermaid reference. There. All right, there you go. All right, what's the next one? All right, next one was actually kind of tough for me. This is the main event for him. The main event. Okay, we've went through the undercard. Right. Snake Eyes versus Boba Fett. Okay. Two go in, one comes out. We have the Bounty Hunter versus the Ninja. Right. I'm going Ninja. Here, I would side with you on the Ninja, and we kind of talked about this one a little bit. Yeah. If it is based solely on they don't have their weapons available to them, I'm going Ninja. Well, I think in a cage match, there is no weapons. Right. They're locked in. But I'm also thinking, I don't know if he meant cage match in the literal sense of they're being put in a cage, or if he just meant that these two are against each other. Well, what the hell is a cage match if it's not got a cage? It could be figurative cage match, where okay. they're being forced to fight each other. Like, okay, drop them off in the middle of the desert, right. take all. Right. Or jungle, guys. jungle or something Snake like that. guys. See, even though he's a bounty hunter and he can capture people, and he's supposed to be a really good bounty hunter. That's my argument. The most experienced to, bounty hunter in the galaxy. He's supposed to be the most dangerous bounty hunter in the galaxy. Sure. Which makes me think that sure. he's probably taken down a ninja before. No. 
No, no, there are no ninjas in the Star Wars universe. Find me a ninja, and I might back I your will, argument. I will find you. Find me a ninja in the Star Wars universe, and I might back your aren't argument. Most of the Jedi and Sith ninjas, no, to a certain degree, no. They I'll find want you. Want to be ninjas? Mace Windu is pretty badass. Shut ninja. your mouth, badass ninja. Shut your mouth. I'm just talking about Mace Windu. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> just talking about Mace. All right, so but yeah, I would have to go Snake Eyes. I think that I honestly think that in a cage match with their hand to hand, I think Snake Eyes would win. I think that if it came down to they have all their tools of their trade available to them, I think Boba Fett wins. He's got a slave one. Yeah, Snake Eyes unfortunately does not have his own little vehicle with his own no. name, but he does have a Timberwolf. Yeah, well, Boba Fett has a rocket pack that he can launch a missile. Well, here's at. the deal too. Uh, Snake Eyes does have access to a Sky Striker. True. So. Whatever. I'm thinking a slave one would be to be a sky striker though. My God, I don't know. All he has to do is go up in space and shoot down into the atmosphere. It sky is a sky striker. Sky striker can't get up there. It is a sky striker though. In the sky, slave yes. one is a spaceship. <laughs> Goes they, into space. GI Joe did have the Defiant, which is a spaceship. But you're referring to the sky striker, just because it's cool. <laughs> All, right. All right, next. All right, uh, Bill Etm. Yeah. Question. Hey, buddy. What's up? He said, he just asked, uh, you ever read Tag and Binks? I heard it was funny. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, I referred to you on this because I did not know what he was talking about until you were, told me about it. Then I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, right. yeah. I have read Tag and Bink. I don't think you have. No. But it's basically a comedy duo. It's kind of like, picture like uh, two of the Three Stooges or Laurel and Hardy or Abbott and Costello. The bumbling buffoons yeah. that are the heroes, and they still save the day at the end. Kind of like how Inspector Gadget did things. Yeah. It, and, By accident. And it's kind of funny because they've actually done, like, a, I believe when they first started, they were just Imperial Stormtroopers. Right. But they've done a retcon in recent times where Tag and Bink are actually working for the Rebels and infiltrating as Stormtroopers. Into yeah, so now they're like Chevy Chase and Dan Aykroyd and spies like us. Exactly. So and it's actually it is very funny read. So uh, I highly recommend it uh, if you can find some of those. They are kind of tough to find at times, but but they're a lot of fun. Yeah, and if you want something you know just cool to read and pretty humorous, yeah, yeah, go ahead and check that out. Yeah. All right, that's all the questions we had. Sweet. Uh, we do have some new forum members I wanted to give uh, some shout-outs to, as well as some new countries where we have listeners. So, Sharing the Star Joe's love. That's right. So some of the new countries that I've noticed we had listeners from is uh, Norway. Okay. Germany. Yes. Uh, Australia. Yes. And Greece. Greece. All right. So uh, Greece is the word. Yeah. Not that Greece. Not that Greece. Not that Greece. And then... Big in Germany. Before I get to the shout-outs... We're huge in Germany. <laughs> like David Hasselhoff, baby. Before I get to the shout-outs, I do have a few corrections from uh, Episode 5. Holy crap. What did he screw up now? Uh, not, well, one, a couple corrections and one just clarification. Remember I said Bill Paxton was in Predator 2? Yeah. Uh, he is in Predator 2, but I didn't know the name of his character. Okay. It was uh, Jerry Lambert. Okay. Is the name of his character. I couldn't sleep at night because of that. I know. All right. I, said, I also said I kept my comics in Tupperware tubs. Yeah, Rubbermaid. Rubbermaid tubs. Jesus Christ, dude. No one would care. <laughs> I know. No one's going to call you out on that. But I didn't want them to think that my comics burp or something, you know. In Tupperware? Yeah, Tupperware. That they make Tupperware that big? Right. Some, somebody's looking for it. <laughs> and the biggest uh, biggest point of contention I have, and it might ruin this podcast because I don't know if I can live with this correction. Holy shit. Was that you were actually correct in saying that it was Nightheart. Yeah, baby. And not Night. Yeah. And not- yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 
This, I knew I was right. This is why I can't live with this. Yes. <laughs> I knew I was right. I knew you were wrong. And I knew it. It's not night art. It's night heart. However, it is not night heart by the meaning that you thought it was. It <sighs> has to do with, with the medieval times of, of yeah, knighthood. Yeah, yeah. I questioned him about that, too. I'm like, are you sure? And the heart of chivalry. So. Yeah. Um, but he said he never heard... I don't know if he was being kind of like snarky or not, but he said... He's like, I never had someone take my avatar and relate it to art. Although he said he is an artist. Right. He is good at art. I think he was just being kind of cheeky. And his avatar is actually him. It's a drawing uh, of a robot. Of Robotech. Sure. It's more than a robot, dude. It's Robotech. I'm sorry. <laughs> you might lose him as a friend. You saw that he's got no, Robotech yes, at the bottom I of his know. signature it's and really everything. really cool, yes. So. More than meets the eye. So, going into our other forum. No, not. Oh, my God. <laughs> Nightheart, if you love Robotech as much as I think you do, you need to whoop Chuck's ass at it. So, all right. So awesome. we have some new forum members. Okay, Dinosaurus seventy six, the Dinosaurus, which uh, he's popped up here and there, and right. I actually first had seen him pop up under Uncanny X Cast. Okay, on their forum. So I don't know if he saw because you're a lurker. No, I post on their forum. Oh, I post on a lot of people's forums, but you're loose because I actually listen to their shows. Because you're loose, right? Right. I've started posting on uh, exploring the uh, multiverse. Multiverse, yeah. Because I've started watching them. Yeah, me too. So, um, but Danosaurus seventy six, like I said, I don't know if he saw me posting on there, and he evidently likes Star Wars because they recently mentioned Star Wars on Uncanny X Cast, Uncanny X Cast, and they were talking about the Wampa. Yeah. And so him and I were kind of talking about Star Wars yeah. through the forums and probably pissing them off, but whatever. Maybe he saw the uh, link on the bottom of your signature. Could be. Could be. Yeah, probably. Then there's JPOFSC, which I think is JP of South Carolina. We could be terribly butchering that. Could be totally wrong. Let us know. He popped on there to ask about He-Man sketches, so we gave him some advice on that. Sure. Uh, We had, again, someone that posted for one post. Yeah, good luck with the He-Man sketches, by the way. If you uh, get any and they're pretty cool, you know, post them. Post them. On uh, either forums or on Facebook. Yeah, we'd love to take a look at them. Absolutely. Uh, Again, we had a person that posted for one post. Yeah. Which was the Red Hood. Yes. Which is one of my that's favorite it. characters. That's it. That's all you get. Come back. Well, we get to post refer- more. We do get to refer to where he did post, though. Okay. Because he popped in to post for the best of the worst. Yes. Which was actually our first poll. Yeah, it was our first poll on the forums. And Wicket won. Wicket won. So I, we listed, for those of you who don't know and aren't on the forums, we listed a bunch of characters from all the different... 80s franchises and Star Cartoons, Wars and stuff like that. Uh, just the most worst characters. The worst characters that, that were franchise. out there of those franchises. Wicked was there, Jar Jar Binks was there, Snarf, Snarf Orko, Orko, Gleek. Yeah. Um, Mummut. Mummut was there. But Polly. Polly from Shipwreck. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. so we had all those, yeah, and we just asked forum members to click on which one they liked the best. Yeah, who was your favorite of these worst characters? And my favorite comment, actually, if I remember right, came from Danosaurus 76 who said, this is, he says, oh my God, this is like choosing which one of your children goes into the wood chipper. Yeah. And I actually said, uh, replied to that saying, I think that might be an easier choice. (laughs) I voted Orko being the best. I I voted for uh, Chuck's one son over his other. Oh, uh, whoa, whoa, whoa! <laughs> no, I I voted for uh, Gleek because okay. I figured he wasn't gonna get it, going to get any love, and, and I, you love blue monkeys. I like blue monkeys. They're not, not monkeys make everything better. I'm agreeing with that. Okay, we also had Victor Etm. Yes, from uh, exploring the multiverse. multiverse. Yes, so he popped up, uh, and then last but certainly not least, because uh, he's been a huge contributor. Uh, lately on the forums and everything, uh, is Earth 616. Yes. 
And he recently wrote a book called Do Ex Comica, which yes. I can only assume is a play on the Dex Machina, which was a comic book out. Uh, but it's, it, the subtitle is The Rebirth of a Comic Book Fan. And his the author's name, Earth 616, is Adam ben, uh, Bessignotti. If I'm mispronouncing it, I apologize. Yeah, sorry about that. Uh, but it's B-E-S-E-N-Y-O-D-I. And you can actually find this book on Amazon for like fifteen ninety five, which isn't yeah, bad not at bad. all. No. Yeah, we're, we're definitely going to try to check it out and uh, see what it's about. Yeah, and he's from the Ohio area. Yeah, so he's kind of local. And he, the book is basically about how he got away from comics for a while, he's come back to comics, and he's introducing his son into comics. Right, a new generation. New generation, everything else, and I'm sure that's something you can relate to that sure. you're probably going to... Re- yeah, you know. right now they're just looking through the pictures. Yeah. Um, but the big question I have for Earth 616 yeah. is, and I told Chuck not to look this up. And I didn't. And I did give him the clue that's related to Marvel, but do you know what Earth 616 refers to? No, I don't. Okay. Uh, my original <laughs> guess was uh, twofold. It's either going to be something uh, alternate world, alternate universe, uh, a la Superman, something like that. Or what What else did I say? It was like coordinates or something like yeah, that. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. You're close with the alternate worlds. Okay. In the Marvel Universe, there is there is alternate Earths everywhere. Okay. But the Marvel Universe Earth is Earth number 616. Okay. So th- here's the thing I like about that. They didn't say that the Marvel Universe Earth that we read with Spider-Man and all that is Earth 1. They said it was Earth 616. So I thought that was kind of cool because they didn't just pick... Well, this is the first Earth. Yeah. And then there's all these ones that branch off of it. Right. Because Thundercats landed on third Earth. Right. <laughs> They're occupying that planet. <laughs> right. And that, it very well could be, actually. <laughs> okay, go with that. But, uh, That's canon. Right. <laughs> we just prove it. But if you ever look into, like, multiverse-type book that lists a lot of them in mm-hmm. there, you will see, like, thousands of different Earths. Right. So anytime they do uh, a what-if story, that's an alternate Earth. Yeah. But the main Marvel books take place in the universe of Earth 616. Okay. So, pretty cool. Yeah. So... I do have one more thing before we get into the comic book things, and this is a total surprise for you. Is it a present for me? Um, no. You're, Damn it! I don't think you're going to view this as a present. Ah, uh, come on. The last time you had a surprise for me to be in a DC classic figure. Well, now I'm going the opposite direction. Marvel! All right. No. Marvel you're, Select. No. No. <laughs> no. I owe you a figure? You're, yeah. Shit. <laughs> All right. What, what not, I owe you? Not till October. Okay. But anyways, you're not going to like this present. Ah, crap. All right, so last time we debated and talked about the Masters of the Universe movie. Yes. And one of your big things was that, and I remember you saying this, you didn't say it on the show, but I think you said it to me in the past, was it was a good movie for its time. Look what they had to work with. Yeah. So they did good with what they had to work with. Sure. Right? Sure, I thought so, yeah. Okay. So here's 15 movies (laughs) that are better than Masters of the Universe that had the same level of special effects available to them. And the overall execution was better, and they came out in the same year. So all these movies came out in 1987. All right. Which is the same year Give as Marvel. Give me the movies, and I'll tell you if they're better or not. I'll be honest. Okay. Predator. I don't like Predator. You don't like Predator? I don't. What the hell's wrong with you? I don't like Predator. I thought you liked Predator. You don't like Aliens. I really don't care for Predator all that much either. You're not on, over Masters of the Universe. Go ahead. Next. You're on fucking crack. Next. Lost Boys. Ah, Corey. Feldman Corey. <laughs> You gotta like Lost Boys better. All right, all right. And I'm telling you, right, right, and I'm you telling you right now, the forum's gonna like Predator better than Master. I Universe, know. So. I get a lot of flack for that, but go ahead. Yeah. I'll give you Lost Boys. Okay, Robocop. Fuck, I love that. <laughs> yes, I'll give you Robocop. Spaceballs. 
Loved it. <laughs> Moving on. Full Metal Jacket. Well, hell yeah. <laughs> Did you see the uh, Full Metal Jacket Skeletor? Yes, post it? I love oh, that. Oh my god. This is hysterical. Hilarious. If you haven't checked it out, check it out. It's hilarious. It's on the forums. It's Full Metal Jacket Skeletor. The YouTube prin- clip. The Princess Bride. Oh, am I gay for liking it? But yeah, I like it. You're not gay for liking it. That's an awesome movie. I like it. Yeah. Hellraiser. The first one. Oh, first, yes. The first yes, Hellraiser. Yes. Yes, I like that. Now we're getting a little movies that I like better than He-Man, but... Okay, go ahead. The Running Man. No, I didn't really care for that one. Oh, see, I, I like that one. Even though it had Richard Dawson. Yeah. Family Feud. Gotta yeah, absolutely. And it had Jim Brown. Yes. Brown's player. And Arnold! <laughs> the Monster Squad. What, I don't even know if I knew that movie. Oh my god, you are, what so is de- it? you are so deprived. It's a bunch of little kids that hunt the universal monsters. They all come, all the universal monsters come back, and the kids have to hunt them down. And there's the famous line of uh, the Wolfman traps the one guy, one kid, and the other kids are yelling, "Kick him in the nards! Kick him in the nards!" And he's like, "Wolfman doesn't have nards!" And he's like, "They're like, do it, do it!" And he kicks him in the nuts, and the Wolfman goes down. And he's like, "Wolfman's got nards." It's a great movie. Honestly, I don't think I've ever seen it. But go ahead. I have it. They have an anniversary edition. I will let you borrow An anniversary it. edition? Yes. Sure they do. <laughs> now we're getting really silly. Battery's not included. That movie blowed. I that love movie. that movie. That movie was horrible. But here's here's the reason... That's my fish called Wanda. Here, Go ahead. Here's the reason why I put Battery's not included on the list. The special effects were better than Masters of the Universe. I hated that movie. Go ahead. Move on. <laughs> Inner Space. I really don't know what that is either. Dennis Quaid. Um, Martin Short. He gets injected into Dennis Quaid. No, I really don't know what that is. It's either. a great comedy. Okay, whatever. The Gate. Ooh. It's a horror movie. Yeah, I know what that is. Stop motion animation. Yeah, I'm not. Yeah, no. Project X. You know that one? No, I don't. With uh, Matthew Broderick and the chimps that go into oh, space. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I hated that movie. Yeah, I don't like Matthew Broderick. You know how tough it is to train chimps. I like chimps better <laughs> than Matthew Broderick. Put it that way. I like Matthew Broderick on uh, Two and a Half Men. Two and a Half Men, Matthew Broderick. Is that Matthew Broderick? No, no, that's no. not him. No, that's the other guy. Yeah. Um, Charlie Sheen? No, no, no. He's his brother. His brother. Yeah, it's not Matthew Broderick. No, no, it's not. Matthew Broderick is... Is uh, the guy that, that's married to Sarah Joseph Parker. I, I, I don't know who he's married to, but isn't he, he, was. The, isn't he the guy in uh, the Christmas movie with Danny DeVito? Well, Matthew Broderick was Ferris Bueller. I know. You gotta uh, like that. You gotta like that. I like the movie, but I'm not a fan of him. Okay. Uh, that one did not come out in 1987. Okay. Uh, <laughs> uh, Project X did, though. Yeah, not a fan. Harry and the Hendersons. No. <laughs> Moving on. And number 15. Yes. This one beats Masters of the Universe. No. Benji the Hunted. <laughs> Benji the Hunted? <laughs> you just love dogs. You know dogs. how tough it is to train dogs and bears to act? You know there's been like 20 <laughs> Benjis? I know. Because those bears ate them. I love them. The taste of dog or what? Yes. <laughs> All right. I didn't see a Chinese on your no. top five. <laughs> no, I, I, I love dogs and not to eat. I yeah, just, just love dogs. So those are my 15 movies that came out... peanut in, butter. 15 movies that came out in 1987 that were better at special effects and execution than Masters oh, of the Universe. Wow. <laughs> I want to see the budgets for each of those movies. And at least a few of them, you you had to agree, were better. Sure, yeah. So. Just some were better movies, because they maybe had bigger budgets, but whatever. I'm not bitter. Whatever. All right, so, uh, so that's really all there. Yeah, that's it. That's all I had there. Uh, the only other thing, we, we do have some website changes that we wanted to yes. go over, so let's go over that information now. Um, yeah, we're trying to give you guys a little bit more content, uh, so we've changed the forums up a little bit, and we changed our website up a little bit. We are, have changed the forums to actually have an upper section 
where we will always have consistent information about Star Wars news, Masters of the Universe news, Transformers news, and G.I. Joe news. Yeah, this is on the forum section. Yes, the forum section. There will always be Ask the Holocron up there. There will always be the top five, top ten lists, so you guys can contribute. And the most current episode will be pinned there. Yes. Once a new episode has been recorded, we will unpin that episode and it will fall to the bottom. Exactly. And then on our webpage, which is kind of under construction a bit, my page is pretty much done, but if you go to my tab... You'll see that I've... Which is just your name at the top. It's my name at the top. Uh, You'll see that we've added some art in there, and I actually have some sections of some additional stuff I'm going to be talking about or on the webpage, not on the show. Right. I'm going to be covering the TV cartoon shows, like the Transformers cartoon, the Robotech cartoon, all that type of stuff. As I watch an episode, I will... Put, post on there a synopsis of the episode. Your comments in general. My review of it. If there was any animation flaws that I noticed or anything like that, I'll put now it all in keep in mind there. that you do have the old I have the old version. version. Right. I whereas have I have version. the new Shout version, so mine might be a little bit more crisper. And the people who have bought the new versions, they might not see the same mistakes. Right. But so mine are the original mistakes. So Sure. From there, we have. I also have Sites of Cybertron, which has art and sketches that I've collected. Sure. I have um, Masasi Temple, which is actually our studio updates, studio renovations. Um, I also have Laser, uh, the Laser Beak Report, which is the animation TV shows. Yeah. I have the Jedi Academy, which is book reviews. All the Star Wars books are out. As I read them, I will update that. Yeah, and it's not per book. You might do a couple of chapters, chapters and sure. stuff like that. And I'm trying to remember if there's... Oh, then the 501st Legion, which is my own personal toy reviews. Because we don't get to do as many toy reviews on the show as we would like. Yeah, they just our shows really run long, and it's one of the things that I've been lacking and I've been bitching about. I just wanted to do more toy reviews. Again, it is a comic podcast, so, right. but comic and toys, they kind of tie together. So each one of us are going to do separate individual toy reviews, and yours is going to be called the 501st Legion. Right. Mine's just going to be called the Toy Pit. Right. So play on the, Toy Pit. Play on the pit for G.I. Joe. So. Right. So I've actually got one completed in uh, in the can, and we just got to post it up there. Yeah, it's a nice uh, Skeletor review. Yeah, it's uh, so. the 2003, 2002 version, 2000X they call it, uh, Masters of the Universe Mattel Skeletor figure. Yeah. So it's done. Uh, I believe the next one I wanted to do, because I love Iron Man so much, I'm going to do the uh, Marvel Select Borders exclusive Iron Man figure. Yeah, very nice. So I picked that up after I watched the movie, because I'm such a dork. <laughs> <laughs> Dropped 20 bones out of Borders. So I'm going to go ahead and uh, do that review on that guy. Very nice. Which is pretty sweet. Absolutely. So Chuck's going to have his own updates. So as we put them on there, we'll update on Facebook. We'll update on the forums, let you guys know what's going on. But there's going to be a lot of changes, and we'll try to keep you guys up to date on those changes as they happen. But the whole idea is to give you guys more content than what's just going on with the show. Right. So, But speaking of the show... Yeah, let's, uh, get, let's into get into the, the comics. Potatoes <laughs> over here. Yeah, the comics. So let's go into the segment of uh, From Springfield to Tatooine. From Springfield to Tatooine. All right, Chuck. Uh, not as many issues this time as uh, yeah, in the past. So. Uh, I got three. You got three. Um, yep. I'll be reviewing Transformers Spotlight Prowl, the G.I. Joe ongoing uh, series uh, number 17, and the Transformers ongoing uh, issue number 6. And then I'm going to be covering uh, Cobra, uh, G.I. Joe Cobra number 3 and number 4. And then Star Wars Purge, our first time having a Star Wars in current issues, right, uh, right. issue coverage. So Current up-to-date issues. Sure. Yep. So uh, let's go ahead and jump right in. Uh, you want to... Yeah, one? I'll do one and you do one and yep. we can go back Sounds and forth good. or something like that. Sure. Unless you want to do the Cobras together, but that's yeah. fine. Uh, we'll start with, uh, since it's on top of my stack here, Transformers Spotlight Prowl. 
Um, it's from IDW. I really enjoyed this issue a lot here. I'll give you who it's written by. It's uh, Mike Costa or Costa. 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 Yeah. Art is EJ Sue, SU. And it says colors by Andrew uh, Dollhouse. Okay. It's actually a really good look at a really classic character of Prowl. And just to give you a little editor's note here, this event in the story, the events in the story here, they take place prior to Transformers number one. So the we're ongoing the number ongoing one. number one, which currently is at number six right now. Right. So this is actually before all that mess happened there. And basically what it is is Prowl here, if you know him as a Transformer, he's a police car. Yep. So he's he's incognito here as a police car, and there's a police officer driving around. And he's been undercover for about eight months, and he's reporting back to Optimus Prime of what's going on with the city. And Prime's like, uh, we, you know, we got to stay here. we got to help these people rebuild. And Prowl's like, we should get the hell out of here. What are we still doing here? You know, these we've, we've torn this city apart. We should leave. We, you know, we helped them evacuate, blah, 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 blah. And he goes, well, you know, he's like, uh, Optimus Prime's telling him, no, we need to stick around. We need to do some more recon and see what's going on. So he actually spends eight months as a police car, and he sees all the issues that's going on with humanity. And you get, uh, you know... A good feel of what Prowl's going on and what what the city's going on. You know, it's humanity at its lowest point. And then you you get, you, you pan back here. All of a sudden, and then um, there's a disturbance here where they actually the police officers actually catch one of the Transformer Decepticons in a building. And they're like, "Well, what are we going to do to get them out of here?" And they're like, "Police officers, like, I know what we'll do. We'll burn the building down. Maybe the weight of it will crush them and kill them." So that's what they end up doing, and they end up killing the Transformer, uh, the Decepticon. Which I believe they did mention his name in here, and it was... Uh, do you remember off the top of your head what his I name was? I don't, unfortunately. Thrust. Thrust. There it is. Okay. So anyway, okay, and actually the uh, the Transformer, the Decepticon, they actually end up killing his Thrust. And he's uh, going back and forth with Optimus Prime about why should we get out of here. The city's repopulating itself. You know, everything's underway. We should, you know, get close to moving. He goes, he goes I know we'll push out west. Optimus Prime wants to go west. And actually, they say, well, we should probably go to Detroit because that area's been hit really hard and we'll be undercover there. And actually, Optimus Prime has got some of the other Autobots who was under Prowl, like Braun, actually doing other projects, and Prowl doesn't know anything about it. So he thinks he's breaking command here, and he goes, well, commands us actually if we were in a military ranks, and we're kind of not doing that right now. Then you see a, a pan of Optimus Prime as he's peeking out through a hole, and you see the Empire, or not the Empire State, but the Statue of Liberty, actually, it's being rebuilt. It's just a pretty iconic photo, I mean, of the city and America actually rebuilding yeah. after the devastating blow that it took from the Autobots and Decepticons. It's showing the adaptability of the, of the humans. Exactly. And that's what Prowl ends up seeing, is if, if something happens to the humans, they're able to come back. What actually happens here is they actually get the Decepticons' weapon, and they accidentally fire it onto a building some of the workers do. Yeah, because uh, one of the workers, as they're carrying the gun out, he's just like, "Oh, I wonder how much pressure it yeah. would take to fire this." How thing. much psi it would take to fire this gun? And he's like, "Don't." And the other workers like, "Don't touch that," and he touches it. Of yeah, course. and somehow a child's involved here, and the child's in the kind of falling. And Prowl, being the hero that he is, transforms, breaking his cover of eight right. months from police car to robot to save the child. Well, and basically, what happens is the blast hits a building, and the whole building starts coming down on the child. Right. So. So to save the child, he does transform and break his cover. And the officer that it was his, I guess, uh, the driver, driver of the car, yeah. he actually is like, you got to be kidding me there. You were there for how long? And he goes, eight months. He goes, my God, my captain's going to kill me. You were there for eight months. And he goes, you broke your cover to save the girl. And he's like, yeah. He goes, well, that's that's what a real cop's all about, doing the right thing. So he ends up telling him, he goes, well, I know i got to report this in. 
And he goes, well, you know, you got to do what you got to do. He goes, listen, uh, it's going to take me like an hour to get the guys down here to clean up another robot. So if you're able to work yourself free or get out of this or your buddies come rescue you within that hour, um, I don't know what happened to you. So he ends up getting out of there. And then he ends up uh, breaking cover again uh, later on down in the line and he gets shot for it. But it, it, he accepts what it is now and he accepts being there. And it's just a, a nice little inside story of what Prowl is and what he's going through. Um, just from one Autobot scene of what's going on with the the change now. So I thought it was pretty good. I mean, it's not great. It's not necessary. It's not needed for the understanding of the Transformers, yeah. what's going on with the ongoing. But it's a nice little tie-in, like yeah. I said. It's a solid issue. It's you know, It was nothing great, but it wasn't bad yeah, you either. You don't really need to pick it up to be in continuity with what's going on. Uh, it's three ninety nine. Like I said, if you want to pass on it, go ahead. Yeah, we got it through DCBS, so we got it at a discounted rate. Right. It's like two fifty or something like that. So I didn't now a couple it. things I did like in here uh, is I did like how you know you were talking about how they were rebuilding the Statue of Liberty. Right. A few pages before that, we saw the Statue of Liberty action in actually pieces, in the water yeah. and everything. So then it's like a few pages later, we see that they're actually uh, putting it together. It's actually like four or five pages later, so it shows the time, the rebuilding. The yeah. time has passed. The other thing I like is there's a panel there where he's driving past a backhoe. Yeah. And I can only imagine that that's actually Scavenger. Yeah. Because remember, yeah, he was repainted, was repainted yeah. and everything else, so he's yellow in here, but yeah. you know, I just wonder if Prowl was actually driving past him and didn't realize that that was a Decepticon. Could have been. Or that it even was a Decepticon. So. Could have been. So I kind of like, you know, there's a couple things in there I kind of really like there, so... Why don't you go ahead right into the uh, Transformers Ongoing? And yeah, we'll go ahead and do that. Uh, Transformers Ongoing, issue number six here. It's by uh, Mike Costa again and uh, Don Figueroa. 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 Yeah. And actually, this cover is actually a pieced together cover. If you've got uh, covers A and B here, it makes one nice little iconic scene. Now, I actually have cover A and you have cover B, and it actually makes a nice little photo of Autobot versus Decepticon Optimus Prime. And it hot rods uh, down here and Bumblebee. And Menasaur. And Menasaur, right. But it's pretty cool. You lay them next to each other. It's not a wraparound or anything like that, but you lay them next to each other and you got a nice little photo. Uh, and again, so this one takes place... Uh, so they're actually the the Earth uh, robot catcher guys, whatever, they're, right. the the military. They're up in the, the plane there and they go, we've been circling around this place for hours. We need to find what's going on. And the title of the book is Things Fall Apart, Part 5, Earthworks. Yep. So that's a pretty nice little... And they notice they're flying around in Sam Witwicky, and I don't know if I ever caught the one guy's name, but it's like his buddy who hangs out with him, bald black guy. Yeah, the um, Air Force uh, guy. Yeah, who, who went wrong with him in the last issue? Yeah, and uh, they they're flying there. around. They're saying, you know, we got to, we got to find, you know, we got to see what we can see, and because they saw that smoke from the last time. All of a sudden, sudden they, yeah, all of a sudden they see an explosion, so they actually start heading towards it. And yeah, and then they figure out there's another big giant robot fight down there, and what's going on? So. He's like, with Wiki's like, well, let's go ahead and we'll, we'll talk to Optimus Prime. We got him captured here. Right. See what's going on. Maybe he could help us with this. And they, each one of them says, you know, it, it's my fault. With Wiki's like, it's my fault. All this is going on. I had a chance to kind of nip this in the bud and I didn't do it. And he's like, why are you telling me this, Prime says? Because because I'm a good soldier, I just don't know I'm a good leader. So anyway, he ends up talking to Optimus Prime and Prime agrees to go out there and try to help because they know they're going to need the help of the Autobots right. to capture the big uh, giant, you know, Connectosaurus, Connectosaurus. Yep. Robot. Yep. So they end up getting on the plane here together, and he goes, "I understand if you guys want to do this or not. It's my call. You, you know, nobody is going to get in trouble for you know not going to agree with me to go." So yeah. Is, Wiki's telling his troops that, right? Because like, he just he just released Optimus Prime, which is their captor. And uh, then his buddy goes, "You know, you, you can't go alone. I'll fly this with you." And he goes, uh, "He tells Optimus Prime, he goes, you just transform into truck mode, or you're not going to fit in the plane.'" 
Yep. He goes, do you know where we're going? And then, yeah, they actually go off and it pans to the next page where we see uh, the giant connected... Minasaur. Minasaur connecting robot here. And he's all connected with the other parts here, and he's smashing up on um, Ultra, Magnus. Ultra Magnus here. But unlike the Devastator, when the Constructicons connected together, they they don't they act individual and not as together as a unit. Right. So each one of these cars that are connected together, they're acting individual, and they don't know how to connect together and act as one unit. They can't agree on how they're going to destroy how Ultra Magnus. Move. Yeah, and each one's got a say in it without the head talking. Each like arm and leg and everything's talking, and uh, they end up dropping Optimus Prime out of the airplane now, and he's like the the leader there who brought them all together, a little Decepticon swindle. Guy, swindle. He's like, well, who's stupid now? And Prime just crushes him. That's one of in the truck best, form. It's into one of the, the best images, yeah, because yeah. Swindle's sitting there going, oh, you guys thought I wasn't so smart. Well, you know who's, who's stupid smart now? now? Yeah. He's like, who's stupid now? And next thing you know, you see Optimus crush, crush him. him, and then he gets up and transforms out of truck mode. And then we hear the Autobots going, hey, it's Optimus Prime. And he just starts blasting on Minasaur. So then, yeah, there's a big fight with, you know, Bumblebee, Minasaur, Prime's coming. And then who shows up of all our little Decepticon buddy here? Thundercracker. Exactly. So. So, and he comes back and he's like... Because uh, Bumblebee's getting beat up by, I think it's Scavenger. Right. And then basically he gets, Scavenger gets blasted. And then you see Thundercracker there with just the smoke around him and everything. Yeah. Awesome picture. And he's like, I never liked those guys. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> So then they, they, Bumblebee kind of figures it out because they see um, Minasaur and he's like, a, a weapon, a weapon, a sword. He goes, not that sword, that's stupid. He goes, use the rocket. And he's like, Prime, they don't know how to work together as a collective unit. Right. Break them apart and you can you can end this thing. And just to go back real quickly to uh, Thundercracker, the, he basically explains that the whole reason that he helped was because he's a seeker and he has he has honor, honor yeah. uh where swindle he, he's a combaticon and he's a liar and and you know he just doesn't feel that what they're doing is right anymore not very honorable so yeah. yeah so anyway bumblebee tells prime how to do it and then everybody starts shooting every little individual piece the arms the legs the cars themselves then they start pulling apart and you know, stop you're pulling me apart you're doing it now so anyway they end up blasting the hell out of him and then they end up breaking him apart and then we see uh sam witwicky Kind of shows up uh, in one of his armors that helped them take down the rope, uh, the transformers right. in the past. Yeah, one of the uh, army military yeah. vehicle type. Except things. now that he's now he's actually there to help them out. Right, and uh, they actually decide that they're they're going to stay right on Earth. So. Right, and then Prime. Everybody thinks Prime is back, and he goes, "No, I'm I'm not back. I'm going back with these guys." And he goes, "You know, good luck to you guys." Everybody starts looking at Bumblebee now, and he goes, "What do we do, Bumblebee?" He goes, "Yeah, we stay." Yeah. He's like, "What?" Is that we we can't keep you know running underground and living like fugitives? We, we got to stay and stay out. And then when Wiki starts talking to Bumblebee, he goes, "You're Bumblebee." He goes, "Yes, I am." Yeah, he goes, and Prime Bumble- vouches for you, so I'll talk to you. Yeah, and Bumblebee doesn't totally trust Wit- Wiki either because no. he's had bad experience with humans before. Right. So in the whole Bumblebee uh, miniseries, right. so yeah, he goes, you know, "I've seen enough in the past of you guys to know that the Autobots are the good guys, and the Decepticons are the bad guys." He goes, you guys can stay out in the open, you know, you don't have to run back in caves and hide. He goes, but there's going to be some provisions. And Bubbly's like, you know, what are the provisions? What's going on with that? Mm-hmm. So then when Wiki starts laying down the law here, we can actually work together. We'll, we'll stop hunting you guys. Uh, but you guys need to, in return, you know, I- expand your digs and get out of here, out of our base in the southwest. So he pretty much wants them yep. to leave the location. Yep. He's, you know, planning on having them relocate and everything else. We see Rodimus kind of just stewing there. He doesn't like... He just wants to get off this planet. He doesn't like this Yeah, he's thing. still in the whole get-me-out-of-here kind of right. mode here. 
basically Ultra, Ultra Magnus is saying he's going to stick around also and everything else and help out. They go to turn to talk to Rodimus about yeah, then, everything. Then Ultra Magnus and Rodimus start getting into it. Yeah, well, it actually, it's uh, Bumblebee and Ultra Magnus get into it. And while he's doing, while they're doing that, they're arguing about who's in charge and everything else. Right. Rodimus sneaks away. Right, because but he goes to Bumblebee. Goes, it's not your jurisdiction. Stay clear. He goes. He goes. You know what, Magnus? He goes. I'm in charge here. You're not. Right. And it's really, really funny because Ultra Magnus is so large and Bumblebee so small. Right. And he's so small. He's such a little guy. And he's telling him, you know, you're not in charge here. I am big guy. Exactly. So while they're arguing, all of a sudden they turn to yeah, say something to Rodimus, yeah. and Rodimus actually gets into Ultra Magnus' ship, and he's like, "He's, he's stealing my ship." He's gone. He's out of here. He blew the. He blew out. And then the other Autobots are, you know, calling him a coward. You know, Bumblebee, we're glad you're here because it looks like you're the leader now. What's left of us? Right. And then we have the end of this story arc. Yeah. But it looks like what's to come. My favorite is that Megatron yeah. is coming back. Next issue, guess who still functions? And it's Megatron, baby. Because we I'm thought he was so excited. We for this thought issue. he was done. We thought I'm he so, was yeah. dead. So excited for that issue to come out. Yeah, looking that's forward pretty to sweet. it. All right, uh, going into GI Joe Cobra, and I'll try to fly through this a bit here, uh, just for the interest of time. So we, uh, get, we could so two hours. This way, we can get into the toy reviews. So we open up with uh, what number, issue is it? Number three, issue right. number three. It's called, uh, part three, it's called Fangs, and it's, uh, writer is Mike Costa and Krista Gage, and the artist is Antonio Fuso. And now, that's... if you'll notice, Costa has wrote all three of these so far. Oh, yeah. He's a good guy. Good stuff. Good stuff. Uh, so we have the guy that was hanging out with uh, Chuckles right. in the last issue, and he's walking through the jungle forest, and he's complaining and bitching up a storm about, like, oh, it's not going to be so hard, and oh, I can handle it, blah, blah, blah. He talks about how suddenly he might get caught, and then he's got a sword to his throat, and here it's Chameleon. Right. She's like, how about you sit down and and talk to me? Well, then we go over to Erica Latine, who we will find out is actually not Chameleon. For two issues there, I was thinking... You thought it was. I thought Chameleon and Latine, Erica Latine, were the same person. We find out that they're not. So she's sitting through her briefings and everything else, and it's driving her crazy. She doesn't want to be there anymore. She's fearful for her life. She starts getting interrogated by a guy named Max, and Max seems a little terrified as well, but he starts interrogating her and asks her about her service and everything else, and she thinks that her life is basically on the line. So then, after the briefing is all over, she sees that Max is actually talking to Crystal Ball. Right. And here's Which is another obscure G.I. Joe G- reference. Exactly. So I, I love the obscure characters that they're using. Crockmaster, Crystal Ball. Exactly. They're bringing all the guys out of the woodwork. I'm waiting for Raptor. Yeah. <laughs> I hate he, that fucking guy, but I'm waiting for him. He could come next. I know, I hate that guy, but I'm waiting for him. Or Law and Order. Well, <laughs> I mean, I'm scared Cobra guys, yeah. So, Miss Latine is standing there watching Crystal Ball talk to Max, and all of a sudden, uh, Zaymok comes up and says, they're not talking about you, and she goes, what? I didn't think that they... And she says, yes, you thought that they were talking about you, right. Erica. And he says, actually, Max is Crystal Ball's son. Right. And he's, she's like, really? No, no way. Couldn't believe it, but it's true. Uh, then we go to Chuckles, who's uh, doing some exercises, doing some push-ups, and then he sees that chameleon walking up, and he's not doesn't act too surprised that chameleon's walking up. He says, "Did you hurt the boy?" And she's like, "No, Chuckles, I did not hurt the boy. He answered my questions willingly about you and Cobra." And she says, "Then I cut him loose. He's soft." And she says, "You know, did you recruit him or something like that?" And he goes, "No, he's just some computer nerd." Uh, has no idea uh, what's about to go down. Just needed him for information. Um, so basically, he shows her his plans and how he has to take down this base. There's a guard deployment tonight. 
there's uh, they're all in this place tonight. So he says that's where I got to go. That's where I have to be. He says uh, nothing's stopping me. He says the Joes can handle it. And he says well nothing's going to stop me. He says you're going to kill yourself. He says what you're in, in love with me now. Kind of like yeah. Well, you like, like you give a shit about if I'm going to get killed or not. Right. And she says I'm going to get the boy. And he says good. I'm moving out in four hours. Don't be there. It'll be ugly. And she says it already is. Right. So then we go back to Miss Latine, and she's got uh, the dress that Zayma has dropped off for for this uh, meeting tonight, this ball. And then she goes and uh, actually meets uh, with him. She starts decides that she's really getting tired of this whole thing, so she starts heading out, and she decides she's going to actually sneak out. So she heads down to the sewers of the building because she knows that's a good way to escape. Right. And who does she run into? Yeah, Crockmaster. Yeah. And Crockmaster's like, no one's allowed this way. She, he's like, you should be at the ceremony. Or she tells him he should be at the ceremony. And he's like, I hate those things. I like you, so I'll repeat, go back. And she's like, I can't. I don't have any other choice. And he says, so we're, uh, we're so much alike. And he hits her with a harpoon in her shoulder, it looks like. So she ends up pulling out a gun because he thinks that she's down for the count. She pulls out a gun and blasts him and nails him in the neck and then nails him in the head. Next thing we see is that his crocodiles are about to come and get her, and all of a sudden a sword goes right through the head of the right, one crocodile, right. and it's a chameleon. And she goes, five seconds, tell me why I shouldn't do the same to you. Um, so this was the big reveal where I was all of a sudden realizing chameleon and Latine are not the, not same, the same person. Same person. And I think there's references in issue number four that refer that I should have known that from the first Cobra series, but I don't remember it. But we'll get into that. Now we're going into issue number four, which is called Cold-Blooded. Which and is a reptilian reference. Exactly. <laughs> so we have uh, Chameleon here. She has a sword to Miss Latine's neck. And Miss Latine, is act- Erica, is actually saying that she wants to defect. And she has all this information she could provide about Cobra. Chameleon's like, you know, you're going to be my prisoner. And she's like, no, you understand I'm defecting. And she's like, you don't get that choice. Yeah. So next thing we see is a bunch of uh, Cobra soldiers coming out trying to find her. And trying to find chuckles and everything else and we see that chuckles set up a lot of booby traps right and he's basically taking a lot of them out he uses one of them as a shield yeah they look kind of like cobra vipers vipers yeah yeah. so uh as he's taking them out he gets nailed in the shoulder uh and then he gets in a fist fight with one of them and that guy pulls out a gun ends up shooting him in the gut and so then chuckles goes down yeah you don't bring a knife to a gunfight that's right so then Chuckles goes down on his knees, and just as he's about to get shot in the head, all of a sudden the viper's head comes off. Yeah. And we find out it's Chameleon. She just sliced his head off. Uh, so Always popping up at the opportune times. Oh, yeah. So she goes, five of them, not bad. So yeah. he took out five. You know, she took out the important one. So then she explains uh, who, who she has with her, and all of a sudden Chuckles is just like, kill this woman, because it doesn't matter. And, you know, she, uh, Miss Latine, Erica keeps saying, like, no, I have information, blah, blah, blah. Chuckles is saying, don't listen to her. While, well, while all this is going on, the guy that was traveling with them, and like, his name escapes him right now, but all of a sudden he starts feeling weird, and he notices the gun on the ground, he picks up the gun, and he's about to shoot them, but Chameleon slices his throat. And the only thing I figure is that he's been, he was brainwashed while he was by Cobra somehow. Or drug, yeah. And basically he was set to assassinate them. He's about to, Chuckles is about to head off to do his mission, and Chameleon's like, Chuckles, you need to go, you know, get yourself checked out. You're not going to make it a half mile like that. And he goes, we'll see. 
Yeah. So Chuck, Chuck was a total badass. Yeah, he's, he's pretty uh, Chuck Norris here. Yeah. So uh, she says, "Listen, you're you're all we're all emotional over what just happened." He says, "No, you're emotional. I'm going to finish the mission. This is why you don't belong here." He goes, "Take her and get out of here. Bury the kid or don't. It doesn't matter. Don't look for me again. This isn't your world. You never should have come. Yeah. Chuckles world." Yeah. Then we see uh, Miss Latine, Erica. She's actually being interrogated as far as what does she know about Cobra's operation. She starts spilling all this information out. They find out that a lot of it checks out. Chameleon is talking to who I can only imagine is uh, General Hawk. And she basically says, I don't want to be in this anymore. Uh, she's like, I'm recommend. she recommends Chuckles for a commendation. And she wants to be dismissed. He says, we don't do commendations here, but you are dismissed, Chameleon. Right. So she's kind of surprised that she's being allowed to leave uh, the Joes. But he says, you know, your request is granted. So she's very upset that they aren't willing to do anything for Chuckles, but because she's like, he's going to die out there. Right. And sure enough, we turn the page and we see that Chuckles is actually falling over. And he Lo- finally... Loss of blood. Loss yes. of blood. Yeah. And he finally does fall over. And he, the last words out of his mouth are, damn it. Yeah. <laughs> Because, again, he's just a tough guy. He wants to finish off. Yeah. So the next thing we see is, ah, you're awake. Waking up in a hospital bed. And, yeah. well, it looks like it's just a, a room. It's not even right. a hospital bed, but he's set up with hospital-type equipment right. and everything That's what else. I'm he starts hearing, don't worry, this isn't the castle. That was evacuated a few hours after you were discovered. We're in a safe location here. It really is blind luck. We found you. You were probably less than an hour from death. But we were getting uh, you the best care money can buy. You should make a full recovery. Recovery. You made it nearly six miles. You really are a remarkable man. That's why when I heard you survived, I wanted to see you for myself. I assure you. And then click the light comes on, uh, and we hear you're among friends. And it's Cobra Commander, right? Crystal Ball and Zaymon are yeah. all standing there. Right. And it says next issue Serpent's Tail. And it looks like they're going to go on a hiatus uh, for GI Joe Cobra because they're gonna. It's going to become an ongoing series, right? And they're going to drop the number two off the title. Just, just G.I. Joe Cobra. It's just going to be G.I. Joe Cobra. And it looks like we're going to get a Serpentor, Serpentor story. Yeah. So, very cool. And the Cobra Commander does have his mask on. He's yes, covered. he's so got his, his silver mask. Yeah. So. Okay. It's the first time we're actually seeing Cobra Commander. Like. Right, in any of these yeah. G.I. Joe books. So that's yeah. cool. Okay, G.I. Joe uh, ongoing issue number 17 by Chuck Dixon and Robert Aikens. Just a little synopsis of the previous issue. Uh, rather than be a victim of abduction... Uh, the good Dr. Uh, Orzagama readily agreed to be a willing participant in protecting the mass device. His recalibrations uh, result in the first successful deployment of weaponized teleportation device. And it pans in here. We see Snake Eyes in street clothes, and he's sparring still in New York with his uh, sensei, the Hardmaster. Hardmaster, yep. Yeah, and he goes, uh, what we need to do is blindfold you so you can do this without your sight, and he ends up you know, blocking all the moves, and he ends up knocking the hard master on his ass here a little bit. And he goes, "You know what? It, it, it's not your skill is not deteriorating. It's it's something else." He goes, "Your heart, your spirit is not in harmony with your body." So he goes, "That I, I can't fix that." He goes, "Your skills are not eroded. It's something else. You, you need to you need to figure that out and, and get that taken care of." So he says, "I've done all I can do here for you. It's like it, it's yourself. It's the inner warrior in you. You need to fix that." And he goes, "And by the way, uh, you know, uh, you're you're paid here." You know, to, to go stock shelves and rotate the stock, he goes, uh, we, don't, we don't need to do any ninja stuff around here, right. so get back to work. <laughs> so, because he's operating his little uh, deli Tessin or something yep. like that. So fine deli. Yeah, so fine deli it's actually <laughs> called, yeah. And then uh, he sees a couple of, three girls picking on another girl, 
You go stay down if you know what's good for you. And they're, they're kind of bullying her, beating her up. And Her name's uh, Alondra. Yeah. Looks like. so. And then he, he comes back and he tells Snake as you go, it's hard to bear injustice. Sometimes it's even harder to witness it. And he just kind of walks away. Injustice can be kind of cruel. And so this this Snake Eyes ends up befriending this little girl kid. Yeah. So then we pan back to Russia. And we're, we're seeing here where Destro is actually in the camp of Major Blood. And uh, what is actually happening is they're they're giving their the meal time at Chow time, and one of the guys pops up in like every you know prison movie trying to take um, Destro's food. He goes, "You you know you got a big piece there. I don't think you're deserving of that big piece of bread or cornbread. You know, give me that. Give me your meat." Destro's like, "Yeah, that ain't gonna happen." So he ends up kicking and breaking his leg and it smashes his metal face into his head. And this guy has a big number eight tattooed on his forehead. He goes, he goes "What have you done?" He goes, "He goes, what's the significance of that numeral eight there?" He goes. You and really? This, this guy that was with Dustin yeah, was like... Yeah, really, there's like seven more of those freaking guys over there. <laughs> those are the inmate guards that kind of run this place here. He goes, he's like, yeah, I really don't even need the food here because I take my nutrition intravenously. He goes, yeah, I don't have a mouth in this thing. You see, he goes, well, you really shouldn't have done that. He's like, well, if you let them you know, get away with the stuff, they'll end up walking all over here. Well, I don't think that that's one of the guards. I think that's just some more inmates, but they're their own clique. Right, they're, they're, they're kind of like the... They, they kind of run the place on the inside. So yeah. Kind of like the prison inmates who are in right. charge. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. That's what I meant by I said girl. Okay. Then we pan back to Manhattan here and we see Snake Eyes where he does kind of befriend the little girl who got beat up. He throws her an apple and she's like, thanks. He goes, you know, hey, man, you're giving away my stock here. What are you doing? Yeah, Hardmaster's Hard Master, pissed, yeah. pissed about that. And then we see Destro here and he's kind of shackled up. Uh, and he goes, uh, Major Blood's like, well, you know, we don't tolerate, you know, escapees. It, I, I include the you know, death sentence for that. He goes, it was an accident, major blood. Uh, it'll never happen again. Forget well, me. he says, I include escape as death also. Yeah. So evidently Destro killed that guy. Right. Didn't just beat him up. Yeah. <laughs> so he ended up actually killing major blood's like, I, we have basically have to replace him. Right. So. Because what actually happens here with these prisoners, Cobra keeps them there until they're needed. Cobra doesn't actually kill them. They could probably use them for something else later on in the future. Exactly. So so he ends up actually taking one of the guards and holds the guard responsible and actually makes one of the guards a prisoner now. Right. So So then we pan back to Manhattan, and uh, the little girl's going, hey, you're pretty good with that knife because Snake Eyes is cutting the top off of a pineapple, and he cuts the bottom off. He goes, I- I'm good at school, but I can do math and all that stuff, but it doesn't really keep me from getting into trouble. These girls push me around and bully me and blah, 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 blah. So the hardmaster sees what's going on and he knows what's going to happen. He goes, "You're letting that silly little girl get to you." So he ends up, you know, cutting up a pineapple and he gives it to her. He goes, "Hey, I thought I told you we're not a charity here. We're giving <laughs> away my stock," which is just classic. Yeah. And then we pan back to uh, Russian prison camp here. Then he, Destro's befriended this guy here, and he's saying, "You know what's going on here? What's you know what's in these things?" And that's where he kind of tells him what's going on. He goes, "Cobra just kind of keeps us here until they need us, uh, and then when they need us, they they." We're, they don't want to kill us because we're useful to them. But when they need us, they'll, they'll come and get us. Yeah, it looks like that guy's name is uh, Borchok. Yeah. Then, then we pan back to Manhattan here, and the little girl is upstairs on the roof watching Snake Eyes, you know, hone some ninja skills here, and he's going through his... Watching uh, him get naked. Yeah, I don't know he's getting <laughs> naked, but I mean, he does have a shirt on and some jeans here. I don't think that's going on, but whatever. He goes, so he goes, yeah, did you teach yourself to do that? I mean, you know... Or, or did the old guy teach you how to do that? He goes, it must be cool to have that kind of concentration and stuff. And so he invites her in to kind of watch him and mimic his moves. Told you he was getting naked. He's inviting her in. That's not what's going on. 
So he goes, and the, the hard man comes out and goes, yeah, I, I need a salad bar refilled. Uh, the the bread returns are done. Snake out. Uh, and he goes, and she goes, oh, she's kind of erupted. She kind of got caught. She thinks she's in trouble. He goes, oh, I'm kind of done here anyway. And then Snake Eyes kind of reaches toward her and lunges at her, and she blocks it, gives him a kick, and then she, he kicks back, and she blocks it. So then he's he, been training her. He's yeah. been training her. So the hard master kind of claps and says, "Oh, I see you've been training this, you know, young student here." Because ah, she, we were just playing around. The little girl says, "He goes, uh, my dojo here is not for beggars anymore, and uh, neither is my produce stand." He goes, "I didn't beg. I was invited." Well, she, he says playtime is over, and she says we weren't playing. Yeah, so I was invited here, yeah. and she goes. Who were you invited by? He goes, I didn't invite you. He goes, and she goes, see you around, Snake. She goes, you told her your name? No, no, you did when you came outside and right. said Snake Eyes need to fruit fill the salad bar. And then he, he ends up uh, kind of scolding Snake Eyes a little bit. He goes, here, now apply your warrior skills to chopping the coleslaw. Yes. <laughs> so, and then uh, we go back to section 10, which is the Russian... The Russian prison camp. Prison, Major right. Blood's running, yeah. Yep. So then uh, we hear Major Blood, he's uh, in a video conference call here. He's trying to get the Cobra Commander, but there's a intermediate in a way to tell him Cobra Commander's busy. He goes, he goes, really? He goes, what's the nature of your request here? And he goes, I, I, the prisoner, I need to discuss the Scotsman here. He goes, uh, I have another matter for you, Major Blood. Please hold. And he's like, son of a bitch. <laughs> guys put me on hold here. I can't do nothing. <laughs> yeah. He's out here freezing his tookus off, and he's out here you know, working for Cobra Commander, and he can't get through to him to talk to him. And he's like, well, how often... And Detro's back talking to his little buddy here, Borsch. He goes, how often do these trucks come? He goes, uh, once a month, except in the winter, then then no trucks come. He goes, in a helicopter. He goes, well, the helicopter only brings prisoners here or a new guard. He goes, then there's really no relief then. He goes, yeah, the, the guards, you know, the guys with the 7, 8, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7 on right. head, the numbers on her head, uh, serve one-year tours, and the last, you know, the last one was over already. And then we see so, that the yeah the next one has three months to go yeah and then we see the one guard he uh, that was turned into a prisoner he wants revenge on Destro yeah so he ends up whacking him in the back of the skill you know the skull here what it's a you know which does no good no good yeah for <laughs> him and he goes I'll, I'll break your shell and he calls him English yeah and uh, Destro doesn't like being called English because he's Scottish yeah exactly it looks like he hit him with a metal pipe too and he just bent the crap out of his pipe yep he's like you're like a clamshell there I'll, I'll crack that thing and get the meat out of you there English. Yep. And uh, Destro basically puts him up against the wall and says, uh, I can... And, and nobody I, calls me English. Yeah, he says, I can either snap your neck like a chicken, or we can do each other a good turn. Uh, what's it What's to it going to be then, yeah. Yeah. And he goes, I heard you talking to Borsch about planning an escape. He goes, it's impossible. He goes, I plan nothing of the sort. Uh, I'm not bloody daft enough to think that I could, you know, cross a thousand miles of barren, you know... Right. Snow and ice and wasteland here. So ends up what ends up happening here is, uh, and he's like, and he's like, I, I have no plan of, of doing that. He says, I don't want to run from here. He says, I want to take it over. Take it over, right? And then, then his little buddy ends up getting captured, and you know, by these other the other guards there. Uh, and then what happens? We go back to Manhattan here, and Snake Eyes is helping the hard master load up some more produce here, and he goes, and you see kind of the the figure disfigurement of Snake Eyes in the one panel when the hard yeah. master's talking to me. Yep. He goes, he's fucked up. Yeah, he goes, <laughs> what, what you're using your skills for is unworthy. He's like. Uh, She's an unworthy vessel. Your time is better spent on your own difficulties here. And he's talking to her, and he sees the little girl get picked on again, and she gets slapped down, and he goes, well, I told the little girls, are, you know, they're picking on her. And she ends up doing a leg sweep to one, kicking the other one in the face, smacking the other one in the hand. She's self-defending herself. Oh, she's kicking so ass. So she's up kicking ass and taking names here. Then she's, like, talking to the other girls. As they're all down on the ground, and she's standing. She says, yeah, pick them up. Pick up all the books. Then the hard master starts laughing and goes, yeah, see, yeah. By by teaching her, you did bring you know inner inner peace to yourself here, 
and he offers a, um, the musician, he calls himself the musician in tuning his instrument, so it's in harmony here. He goes, sometimes the master also learns from the student. He says, uh, it's time for you to return back where, where you came, came from, from, yeah. So he's, he's basically telling him to go back to the Joes. Yeah, and, and the, the, the last caption here is where we title the show. He goes, and besides, the customers were starting to complain about your coleslaw. Yeah, he says, besides, the customers are complaining about your coleslaw. So complaining about your <coughs> coleslaw is the name of the title, or the episode here, so. Right. All right, uh, last book to cover. Uh, yeah, and, and then, uh, one other thing here, yeah. the, end of it, the next issue is called G.I. Joe Hunted, where it looks like we have... It looks like Cover Girl by the hair color. Yeah, I went Duke. I, I thought that was Cover Girl also. So. And it looks like it looks like Snake Eyes is firing upon them, but I'm not exactly sure. Uh, or it could be a, a just a, a viper. viper or something. Yeah. yeah, but Cover Girl and Duke are pinned behind a, a mountain here, and there's a, somebody firing on them with some uh, eagles or birds. Buzzards. Yeah, whatever. But really good. All right, so then we got. Uh, well, actually, just for interest of time, I can save Perch for next time because it's a one shot, anyways. Are you sure? Yeah. All right. Well, we still got like. Topless and everything else to do, so not topless. Topless? We're not going topless. Not me. So, yeah, so we'll save Star Wars Purge for next time. Okay. And uh, we'll go into our. You want to do our toy reviews or you want to do our top fives? We can do the top five. Okay. So, we'll go into our uh, battle files. Battle files. Okay. In this episode of the battle files, what we're going to do is uh, someone suggested on the forums we do. Top five Spider-Man costumes or outfits, and top five Spider-Man villains. But there's so many Spider-Man villains, I kind of talked Ryan into doing a top ten on that. Yep. <laughs> so we're doing a top ten. So we did top top ten uh, Spider-Man villains, and we did a top five Spider-Man costumes. Let's start with the costumes first, and we'll just go through those oh, really see, quickly. I wanted to here. start with the villains. You want to go the villains? Yeah. There's ten of those. I know, but my costumes are related to my villains in some ways. All right, we'll do the villains first. <laughs> Uh, I'll go first. Number 10 Spider-Man villain uh, for me is Carnage. Okay. He's on my list, but not that low. <laughs> okay. uh, I uh, have a little bit of information here for okay, him. Okay, great. Cletus Cassidy? Yep. Carnage? Yep. Okay. And he first appeared in Amazing Spider-Man number 244 in February of 1991. There you go. So, my, uh, my number 10 is Cardiac. Okay. Which is Dr. Elias Wortham. He appeared in Amazing Spider-Man number 343 of January of 1991. The thing I liked with him was he was kind of a vigilante-type character. Uh, his He was a doctor. His brother died of a virus, I believe it was. And he found out later on that the company that made the antidote, uh, or the vaccine, could have get, been given sooner. Yeah. And they held on to it until the market was ripe for it. To release it, yeah. And then, so he wanted revenge on the company, and because he was trying to get revenge and take down the company, Spider-Man stepped in to try to stop him from destroying the company um, because he saw it was an act of villainy. But Cardiac has played both sides of working with Spider-Man, but also being his villain. So, And number nine for me is Kraven. Love Kraven the Hunter. Uh, I don't like Kraven. All right. Who you got for big, nine? Big lion, lion man. Yeah. Uh, no. <laughs> uh, my number nine is Mysterio. Okay. Which is Quentin, Quentin Beck. Beck. And he first appeared in Amazing Spider-Man number 13 of June of 1964. He'd been around for a while. I don't really like his costume so I don't much, like the look of him at all. But yeah. I like the way that he's a special effects artist and he kind of plays mind games with Spider-Man. Very antagonistic, sure. So, I like that. Number eight, I have Scorpion. Okay. Who's actually not around anymore as, as Scorpion. Scorpion, yeah. But it's a good character. Do you know uh, how Scorpion got his start? I don't. Not so much like what issue or anything like no. that. Uh, J. Jonah Jameson actually hired 
Mac Gargan, which is who Scorpion was, and gave him the suit that he has and everything else to take down Spider-Man. Oh, okay. So, uh, it ended up obviously blowing up in his face. Right. But, uh, my number eight is Kane. Okay. Uh, he's a clone of Peter Parker. Right. And he first appeared in Web of Spider-Man number 118. Uh, November of 1994. I just really like the look of him. I like his background. He's he's this. He's the first adult clone of Sp- of Peter Parker. But because he was the first, he has this degenerative disease thing yeah, he's that kind of messed up. It makes him look all fucked up. Yeah. Okay. Number seven is Electro. Okay. I don't really like Electro. One of the most either. powerful Spider-Man villains. I believe it. I still don't like him. All right. <laughs> he looks like a big sunflower. So I would have called him the Shocker. No. Well, yeah, I would have called him the Shocker. Yeah. The Shocker doesn't make sense for why he's called I the know. Shocker. Yeah. So, uh, My number seven was Black Cat, which is uh, Felicia, Felicia Hardy. Felicia Hardy, yeah. First appeared in Amazing Spider-Man number 194, July of 1979. Right. I put her... She's kind of low on the list for the simple fact that she does play the good guy sometimes. Yeah. So She does walk a thin line. Yes. A la Catwoman, where she'll go good, go bad. Right. But she does end up on the list because she shows her breasts a lot. Yes, and that's hot. <laughs> okay, uh, we're we at number six. Yes, number six. Hobgoblin. Uh, uh, the Hobgoblin, uh, which is the Green Goblin on Smack. <laughs> yes, he is. He love the Hobgoblin. Very, very uh, good character. I, I'm not big on the Hobgoblin. Love the Hobgoblin. My number six, J. Jonah Jameson. Yes. Who first appeared in Amazing Spider-Man number one in March of 1963. Not your typical villain, no, no, but is definitely a villain of Spider-Man. He makes it his point to make sure the city hates Spider-Man. Yeah, and we just heard he hired Scorpion to yeah. take him out. So I think he's more of a villain of Peter Parker, which actually is Spider-Man. So yeah, but see, I don't agree with that because I think he, I think he likes Peter Parker because Peter Parker brings him the business of the photos, the and, photos everything, and everything yeah. else. He acts like he doesn't like Peter Parker, but right. he actually sees him as a son. Right, until but he's, he's, more, he's more in the Peter Parker world as opposed to a Spider-Man He's in the Peter because, Parker world. Because the villains are more in the Spider-Man world. He's in both worlds. Well, yeah, Because Spider-Man true. always shows up to antagonize him because J. Jonah Jameson's constantly doing stuff against Spider-Man. Okay. So he's like, why you gotta mess with me, man? I give you that. So. Okay, right. uh, number five, right? Yep. Uh, Black Cat. Felicia okay. Hardy, yep. again. Lover. Nice little tight outfit. Yep. Breast exposed, gotta love it. <laughs> uh, she would have been a lot higher on my list, except for the fact that she does... Play both sides. ...tend to walk on the side of good too much for a villain. I like to say she plays both sides. Yes. <laughs> my number five is uh, Morbius. Okay. Dr. Michael Morbius. Morbius yeah. He first appeared in Amazing Spider-Man number 101, October of 1971. I really like him because... He's a vampire. Yeah. If you guys remember from episode zero, I like supernatural stuff. Yeah. I know he's a scientific vampire. He's not your typical vampire, but he eventually did go off and uh, join like yeah. with Blade and the Night Stalkers and and the uh, Midnight Suns group. That he was one yeah. of the Midnight Suns. So, okay, uh, number four, I have the Sandman. Okay, love the Sandman. Another villain of Spider-Man who's very hard to take he's, down. Yeah, he's he, he's not very weak. It's hard for him to. It's hard for Spider-Man to get a hold on this guy because yeah. he's getting sand. What the right. hell? So. Yeah. My number four was the Lizard, Doctor okay. Doctor Kirk Connors. Doctor Kirk Connors, yeah. And uh, Amazing Spider-Man number six, November of nineteen sixty-three, is when he first appeared. Uh, I like it because he's got that whole duality where he's Spider-Man's friend when he's the Doctor Kirk Connors, but he's Spider-Man's villain when he's the Lizard. So it's the whole Doctor Jekyll Mister Hyde thing going on. Very tough villain too. Right. Uh, number three we're up to, I have the Rhino, which is Alexei Stetsovich. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. 
A lot of Russian uh, descent <laughs> orientation in the Spider-Man universe. I'm not real big on I the Rhino. I like the Rhino because he's number one. He's very powerful. Yeah, he's powerful. And you almost kind of feel sorry for the guy. I don't because he got himself in that situation. Yeah, but again, very, very, very I'm, powerful. I'm not big no. on the big dumb guys. So very, very powerful villain. Um, my number three is Carnage. Okay, I love the symbiotes. Uh, so it's Cletus Cassie again. We already said when he first appeared. I like him because he's the psychotic symbiote, if you could even say that. Yeah, he's like, the, like Venom's not psychotic enough. Yeah, he's the he is the serial killer, and he uses that suit to the fullest potential. Yeah. So. Uh, number two is actually uh, Venom. Okay. Put Venom on the list at number two. I uh, really like Venom. Like I said, Ben. Yeah. What's his last name here? Ben. Ben who? Ben Riley. Yeah. No. 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 You talking about who? Who, who Venom who, was? Yeah. Eddie Brock. Eddie Brock. That's it. <laughs> I, be, in the movie, in the Brock, movie, yeah. it was uh, not Ben. Uric. Not Ben. No. No. But Eddie Brock is who it's Eddie Brock. Brock. Yeah. But I was thinking in the movie they changed it, but they didn't. Yeah, it's but Eddie he's, Brock. he's the the symbiote fell on him, right? And took him over. And now he's Venom. So. But who is Venom right now? I don't. know. I've mentioned him already. Matt Gargan. Matt Gargan. Who okay. was the Scorpion? Oh. He is now the new Venom. The Scorpion with the Venom. T- yeah. Okay. The, he, the Venom he, with the Scorpion tail. Well, he doesn't have the Scorpion outfit anymore. Well, who's the one with the tail? There's a new Scorpion out there. Oh, okay. Never mind. But there is a um, but yeah, Matt Gargan is the new is Venom right now. Yeah, didn't I know? And Venom actually first appears in Amazing Spider-Man number two ninety eight, March of nineteen eighty eight. I have a feeling our number two and our number one probably are opposites of each other. Because my number two is uh, Green Goblin. Yes, he's my number one. And Venom is my number one. Yeah, I have the Green Goblin number one, Venom two, and you have Venom one, Green Goblin two. Right, and Green Goblin is Norman Osborn and right. was also Harry Osborn at one time. Right. Right. Uh, and he first appeared in Amazing Spider-Man number 14, July of 1964. Like I said, I like the symbiotes, that's why, but I also like Green Goblin because, again, I like the villains that can play mind games with the hero. And that's that's what Osborn did. Oh, yeah, big yeah. time. So, uh, I love the Green Goblin. And if you've read the And he's scene, pretty much the number one oh, Spider-Man villain. Yeah, if I had to rank them in, like, popularity who, who, or whatever. Who is, yeah. who is the most... Who is uh, Spider-Man's most deadly villain? Yeah, arch or number one villain. Arch number one. Yeah. I'd say Green Goblin. Right. But since we're just choosing our favorites, sure. that's why I went with Venom number one. Okay. Then we can do the uh, costumes here. Yeah. Uh, start us off with number five. All right. Number five for me is the Spider costume, which appears in Exiles number 23. This is an alternate universe uh, Spider-Man costume. It's actually the Carnage symbiote fused with Peter Parker. So take Peter Parker's quips like his smart, snarky comments, and put it with a serial killer mentality, and that's when you get the spider. And he is a bad guy in that okay, world. Okay, well, we're not looking at bad guys, we're just looking at his costume. I know, but his costume's What's his bad. costume look like? His costume looks like a cross between Carnage and Deadpool. Okay. It's like, he, he he's a little bit more streamlined looking Carnage. Okay. So, that's what it looks like. Uh, my number five is Spider Armor, which is referred to as a Silver Spider-Man. Okay. Which was only in one issue. One issue. I didn't really write it down, but it's only in one issue. Okay. Uh, I really like that look on him with the silver and black kind of a uh, Oakland Raider kind of Spider-Man look. Very nice. I like that. Uh, I'm not big on the Oakland Raiders, but you know. No, no, just a <laughs> silver and black kind of look there. My number four was Iron Spider. Okay, Which yeah. first appeared yeah. in Amazing Spider-Man number 529. That's when Tony Stark gave made an armor for Peter Parker. Mm-hmm. And it's got the the tendrils coming out yeah. the back. and Or the legs, extra legs yeah. or whatever. And I loved it too because when Spider-Man 
where when Peter Parker saw the arm, the suit being made, he goes, uh, my colors are red and blue. And like, yeah, but mine are. He says, yeah. but mine are red and gold, so. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I would have given that special consideration of number six. That was my, the one I was flipping back and forth on. Yeah. Because I actually do like it. Uh, number four for me is the, the Ben Riley suit. Okay. The Spider-Man. Where he has a spider, the black, it goes all the way up and all the yeah. way down. I really like that look. I'm, I'm not that big of a fan of that one. I mean, I like it. It's it's not good. not the character. Set the character aside. Just the suit. Sure. Itself. No, I understand. I do like that suit. It yeah. has the bigger spider on it, which is the full effect. Yeah, I, I, I like it a lot. My number three might be a surprise of where I put it. It's actually his traditional red and blue costume. You sacrilege! <laughs> it's uh, first appeared in Amazing Fantasy number fifteen. What the hell's wrong with the original costume? Nothing. That's why it's in my top five. Number three. It's number three. Wow. I just, I like it. It's a classic. Yeah, because when you think of Spider-Man, that pops up. But there's ones I like better than nah, that. Nah, nah. Number three, uh, House of M suit Spider-Man. I okay. like that one. Okay. Very good. There's more blue on the right. uh, arms and on the legs and yep. stuff. So I really like that look a lot. Uh, it's, it's another interpretation of the classic. Yeah, exactly. Which is the same thing Ben Riley's is. Exactly. Classic colors, just modernized a little bit. My number two is the Spider-Man 2099 costume. Didn't like it. You don't even know what it looks like. Yeah, I did. I, I don't like it. <laughs> uh, it first appeared... I thought it first appeared in Spider-Man 2099 number one, but yeah. it actually appeared in Amazing Spider-Man number 365. I did not know that. It's almost all blue. Yeah. He's got this skull-like yeah, fang-looking thing on it, and he's got these claws on his hands, these talons. It's, he it almost doesn't even look like Spider-Man. That's what I like about it. It almost doesn't look like yeah. him, but it's like a sleeked-up version. It's a futuristic-looking version. Yeah, I like it. And I actually really like the 2099 world as far as when it first started. The concepts were awesome. I think they just executed it poorly. Okay. Like, so. Uh, number two for me is the black costume, obviously. Love okay. It. Uh, and Mary Jane made him stop wearing it. Yes. <laughs> That's a woman for me. And that leads into my number one. Yeah. My number one is the black costume. Yeah. My number um, one is the original. Yeah, I figured. You can't, you can't go wrong with the classic. And the black costume first appeared in Secret Wars number eight. Right. Uh, that's where he started wearing it. And that was as, as a symbiote. Now, he has worn a black costume since. Right. That wasn't a symbiote. Yeah, but. I think uh, she was, Mary Jane was attacked by, what was it, yes. Venom or something yes. like that. So that's, he didn't want the black costume to be worn by Spider-Man anymore, so he went back to the traditional. <laughs> so that's our uh, top five Spidey list. Yeah, Spidey uh, theme there. Love Spider-Man. So uh, now we're going to finish things off with a toy review that's been sorely missed for a while. Yeah, uh, special uh, mention here. We did receive a package from a listener, uh, Starfighter. Starfighter. Actually sent us a toy sample to review. It's a... a the holographic version of uh, General Grievous. Grievous. Yeah. Uh, we're going to cover that in episode 7. Yeah, that is the next toy review to be done, so don't think we forgot about it. We did not. And we really appreciate it. Yeah, too. exactly. Anybody else wants to actually send in any toy samples for us to review, we'll be happy to do that. Uh, just send us an instant message or something, and we can get you the address yep. for the uh, mailing of that item. Exactly. But what we're going to do right now is a couple of... Uh, well, let's go into the segment, which sure. is uh, Kung Fu Grip. Kung Fu Grip. Okay, uh, and what we have here is since uh, Iron Man just came out, we're going to actually do a feature on War Machine. Yeah, we actually got two of the Iron Man movie figures. The Both of them are War Machine. One is the classic movie version, and the other one is the comic version. Right. First, we'll go into the movie version here. <clears throat> yeah, I don't... yeah, the movie version, if you're looking to just buy by the number, is number 12. And the comic version number, if you buy it by the number on the side, it's number 23. A lot of articulation. Yeah. You're counting uh, <laughs> it's probably like 21 about, or something. No, it's about 12. 12. Or actually, well, you got, 14. You got, you got, okay, you got, you got swivel wrist, the elbow's 15. bent, 
swivel uh, head doesn't swivel. arm. The head does oh, bend does. and it goes, it goes slightly up and down. Yeah, you do have a little bit of torso action, upper torso. Yep. The legs do rotate on a on a ball. You on get a ball. The, the knees bend and the ankles bend slightly. Now, here's my problem. With and the war machine weapons they do go down. Yes, and his hands actually pivot inside his cuffs yes. too. So you got that going for it too. So I'm looking at the movie version here. And, I have the comic version. And the movie version, I like it a lot. It's a solid figure. Yeah, I like it. It's very bulky. It actually has a uh, missile that can shoot out, and he's got a rotating gun. It doesn't actually rotate, but both of these can flip back, so this way he can stand up with them not posed to strike, or he can flip them yeah. up. Now, with the so actual movie can... version, when you have that big, giant, honking missile thing on there, it looks kind of ridiculous. And I don't know if it'll stand up and balance. It does. It balance. does. Yeah, it does. Kind of surprised. Actually, once the missile is fired, it doesn't look so bad. It looks yeah, like it looks just, a little bit better. It just looks like a big gun. It looks a little bit better without the missile in. But again, the missile is probably like a good two couple inches long. Here. Two and a half inches, three yeah. inches maybe. The thing I don't like so much about the movie version is it came with a string of like bullets. Yeah. That would feed into the, the back of the, the back machine. of the one gun and then yeah. into his back. And it doesn't stay on no, very for the well. Life, you can't get the thing to stay in there. You'd have to actually like glue it in there. Yeah, you permanently. would have to like super glue it in there, and that kind of takes away from it. So that's a downer, right? Uh, and I do like the fact that it is movie accurate. It does have the army logos and the numbers on it. Yes. So that's cool, as opposed to the comic version here. And if you look at them side by side, the colors are a little bit different. The comic version has more of a blue tint in the gray here, right? And he, and he's got more of like the silver leggings and. More of like a streamlined look to him, and he's a little bit bulkier in the shoulders too. Right, the yeah. comic book version. Yeah, both is. of their shoulders do actually go up and pivot up. Now, with the guns here on the comic version of them, instead of a firing missile, you have rubberized uh, missiles shooting out, and you have a rubberized uh, gun blast, which are removable. And they're just like to simulate as if something was shooting out. Whereas the movie version actually has the missile a that firing can, missile, that can yeah. shoot out. So. Now, what I like better about the comic book version is the weapons that is attached to War Machine are not so big and bulky, and they actually are, I guess, to scale almost. Yeah. With the figure where you can bring him up here and bring one and bring the other one down or put him yeah. behind his back. And it looks like a great comic book version of it too. Yeah, it does. As opposed to the movie version here, I do like the movie version. The movie version, you do get the the arc reactor as opposed yes. to the comic book, you don't. Yeah. Right. Uh, both are good. I only own the one. I own the comic book version. You do own both. I do have both, yes. Uh, if I were to pick my favorite one, I would I would definitely pick the comic book version. Yeah, if I had to choose between the two, I would pick the comic book version as well. In fact, I, the reason I have the comic book, I have both versions because I did get the movie version first. Right. And then I saw Chuck's comic book version. I liked it so much. And I am a huge War Machine fan. Yeah. And so I had to have that too. Right. Also, you ended up buying the separate thing altogether. You might want to do this on your own personally, but you ended up buying the Walmart exclusive six inch. Right, and I, I will do this as an individual review. But I did have I do have the six inch uh, War Machine from Walmart, and it's pretty sweet. Yeah. Now, each one of these three and three quarter inch figures, they can be found at Toys R Us, Walmart, Target, all the usual suspects there. But they do come with figure stands, and inside the figure stand is a little divider here, which has these little Iron Man cards. And if you place them in the separate little chambers there, you get like a 3D effect of the Iron Man itself, and it gives you like a technical little readout here of what the weapons do and stuff. Right. Exactly. So you get one of those per figure, uh, no matter if you buy the War Machine or the Iron Man. And again, they're pretty they're pretty reasonable. What, five, six, seven bucks? Maybe six, yeah. seven, 
depending on where you buy them at. Yeah. Sometimes you catch them on sale. They're, they're pretty cool. And there's some cool there's some cool other figures that are out there, but I we wanted to focus on the War Machine since there was two versions of them. Right. Uh, and War Machine's cool. And War Machine is cool. So so I think we'll close the show with that, uh, and we'll cover some other toy reviews next time. Yeah, I know we got a couple on, on tap here. And again, we're going to do more of the toy reviews, uh, but we're going to do a more of an individual kind of thing too. Right. We'll do one or two together like we're doing now where we actually talk about it, but there's going to be more of them just to read yeah. separately under our tag. And we actually have, uh, we're actually pretty much caught up with all our comics now, so yeah. I think next time That's we cool. might only have a few to cover. Yeah. Uh, so we'll have more time to do more toy reviews. And again, reviews. If, in, the, in the questions, if you guys want to see a certain you know toy reviewed, or you guys want to send us a sample of an older toy that you have, uh, you can actually send it to us, but please note if you send it, we, we are keeping it. Right, exactly. So... So with that, I'm gonna, we're going to go ahead and close the show. I'll give our information. You can go to the Star Joe's website, which is just www.starjoes.com. Uh, you can also find us on the comicforums.com. Just scroll down to Star Joe's, or you can go join our forum through the Star Joe's website. You can also find us on Facebook. We do have a website, uh, fan site there. And we um, are on iTunes. We're on iTunes. Please leave us a review. Uh, and, and don't forget about our contest, guys. Uh, we're looking for a mascot here, uh, starjoespodcast at gmail.com. That's right. Mail those entries in. Everything's good through Father's Day. Right. So that's June 20th. So right. uh, get those into us, and you can send those to starjoespodcast at gmail.com. Just uh, title the email, uh, win our package. Win our package or contest. Contest something, entry, something like something that. So I know what it is. So I know what it is. And again, all submissions do become property of Starjoes. Exactly. So... Other than that, we appreciate you, the listeners we've been receiving. Yeah, and the, thanks. And the enough feedback. interaction on the forums. That's a lot great. more interaction on the forums. I love it. So, uh, and tell people about us. I mean, that that's how this whole thing has been going on is grassroots campaign. People have been telling other people. So, if you enjoy us, tell your friends. If you hate us, tell your enemies. Yeah, uh, they like us. Other than that, we'll go ahead and close by saying the Force will be with you. Because knowing us is half the battle. Take care, guys. Later. Half the battle. G.I.